And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. No Luke. And I'm Riley. That's right. We got <laughs> Riley. We'll talk about him in a minute. James. What? How's your summer been? Good. Don't be weird. I thought we, <laughs> no. I thought we Dude, got be super weird. Don't listen to your dad. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know, you have fans, but if they think you're weird, we might lose the fans. Mm. Yeah, the you know, fans you, are The right hinging. answer to that is like, F them. But, you know. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Forget them. Um, what, what do we want to start with? Hey, we were just talking about the fair offline. So, did you do a little fair stuff this week? Yeah. What, what was your favorite ride? Um, I don't really know. How about favorite food? Did you eat anything? Yeah. Um, snow cone. <laughs> we stood in a line for like forty-five minutes oh to get a snow cone. <laughs> it was at the end of the day, and I think James thinks it was worth yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that big. Uh, ferris wheel thing that all four of us could get in oh the one you could sit the where you face each other yep yeah um so that was good james was a sport because we were with with hannah and his two younger cousins and they were doing all the little kid rides that he was too tall for nice Mm yeah um what else did you do at the fair cornhole cornhole like a cornhole tournament in the back corner of the fair oh i didn't see that and um it was put on by like the Ravalli fun center or something like that and you could track your your standings during the week. So he found it on Wednesday night. Oh, no. And then he, he got his babysitter to take him on Friday. <laughs> and then we did the fair as a family on Saturday. So <laughs> he did a lot. And I think your best score in this tournament was like 270 or something like that. 247. 247. How'd that, how'd that finish how out? Turned out just, but, but on Saturday, you were leading your age group. Yeah. And you were like number four of all youth. Three. Three. Can you beat your dad three. in cornhole? Can you beat I was three. Yes. <laughs> I was three in um, all of them, counting men, women, and under 17. I was first in youth. You know, and we, we gave oh, him my God. phone number to call us and let us know if we wanted anything, and I haven't heard, but <laughs> I mean, I want to know what little kid came and beat you. What what nine year old got two forty eight? No one did. No one did. All right. No one did. There was an eleven through seventeen guy named Nick Pierce who got two forty seven. The Fun Center. If you're listening, we're waiting for our we're waiting for our call. Um, how's the rest of your summer been, Bella? Good. What was your favorite sport to play this summer? I didn't play any. Oh come on! We spent the first half of the summer playing sports. Were you playing baseball? Yeah. Time ago. Baseball. We did the three on three. We did. There's all kinds of camps. So, James, yeah. speaking about baseball, let's put the Yankees to the side. If you had a second team to cheer for, who would it be? Mariners. There we go. I like that. It's because our, our, my brother, his uncle, lives in Seattle. Oh, that's right, yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. Riley's a Dodgers fan. Well, it's funny because I think I might have another Dodgers fan with me. His eyes are glued <laughs> to the 11th <laughs> inning as we are watching right now. It's the bottom of the 11th inning. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just saying. Man. So, James, like, one of the things James has figured out this year is the MLB app. And we downloaded it onto his tablet. So, he's like, mm-hmm. Dad, I need you to log in. And he will watch all these baseball games. Like, yeah. James has watched way more baseball than I have this year. But, I mean, I think that's a great use of time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Follow things along. Um, anything else you want us to talk about? Not really. All right. James, we have previously had you predict the Grizz's regular season record. I did. Do you feel prepared to do that tonight, or should we do that when we get to week one? <laughs> Are tonight? you ready? Yes. Do you need me to pull the schedule? I like this. Let's oh, do this. Yeah. 
Okay, give me just give me a quick second. Let me get the schedule up. I, I'm, I'm going to take notes. We're going to make we're going to make Riley talk about this later in the show. Probably not make predictions, but this <laughs> little teaser. Here. I like this. This is good. This is a good way to kick off the show. You guys are masters of this. You have the broadcast tease down. Yep. Give us all the insight we need. You know, all right, James. In our 35th year, it's gotten good. Yeah, no, we finally figured <laughs> no, it out. We're jumping. Okay, game one, Northwestern State. Win. Win. Game two, South Dakota. Win. What South Dakota finished ranked at last year? They 15? were they were between 15 and 20. Okay. They made the first round of the playoffs, lost in the first round. They're number 26 right now, just okay. outside. Just outside. Yeah. Game three, we go to Indiana State. Larry Bird's alma mater. Win. Win. Yeah, good call. Homecoming in Missoula against Portland State. Win. Then we go to Idaho State. I'll say we barely squeak out a win against Ooh. the Bengals. You know what, James? Ooh. I'm with you on that. We always play like, it's like garbage in Pocatello. It's a traditional trap game. Snap the over the head. Yeah. That stadium. Remember the homecoming in 2019 <laughs> or 2020? I'm pretty sure it was 2019. 20 to nothing <laughs> lead for Idaho State. Yeah, and we, we came back. back. It was dumping rain, and then the rain <laughs> stopped, and then we started playing football. Yep. All right. Next week, we host the Idaho Vandals. Win. Win. Six and zero. Oh. Then we go to Sac State at night. Nine no. p.m. kick. ESPN two. Bobby hates <laughs> night games. Not again. Not again. <laughs> you know what I love about this, James? All of Grizz Nation is doing the exact same thing you are. Oh no, not again! It's, night game on the and road. It, it's on ESPN two. So all thirty-five of Sacramento State's fans will be in the stands. <laughs> it could we could have a noise issue, but we haven't beat them in a while. What do you think? I can't. I don't know because like two years ago they kicked our butts on the night. Yeah, they did. They did. We've had a it, we've played a lot of bad night games at Sac State. I think Brent needs you to go on the record though. Make a stand. I'm gonna say. Sack State wins. Okay, Sack gets it. So Grizz take a loss at Sack next week. They hit the road again and they go to Weber. It really just depends on how Weber's season is going. Yeah. Because two years ago, they're the three seed in the FCS. Yep. We beat them. Next, then the next year they are just don't have anyone really and. They're pretty bad last year, yeah, weren't they? They, were, they did not do good. What do you think, though? Except they did do do that good two game winning streak. On was it they beat Eastern Washington last year? Who was it they beat? The they had some weird win. They beat Eastern and, and the Cats. Back yeah, that's to that right. That's game. right. Did they beat the Cats? I thought the Cats beat. No, they. Or was it Davis? Did they beat Davis? Cats won. Cats won that game. game. It was a really weird game. But you're right. They had a little run. All right, right. So at Weber, we win. Grizz win. Good, good call. Grizz come home, play Cal Poly. We win. Eight and one. Then we host Eastern Washington. Ooh. Without Eric Barrier. He graduated. And all those trash-talking wide receivers are gone. The trash-talking coach is still there. Trash-talking coach is still there. What about the cheerleaders? The cheerleaders are I would the cheer- probably James still there. James, a good point. The cheerleaders were such trash talkers during the game <laughs> last year. Really? Oh, they were terrible. Like, terrible. Hey, remember? Remember, you said they... F- 
Mike's cringing. They, right one now. of them is coming. Yeah, I think what he's saying is one of them flipped <laughs> off the crowd. Oh wow! Like, the cheerleaders yeah. flipped yeah. off the crowd. Wow! Did you report that? That other guy. Kent probably saw it. Who was that guy that said? <laughs> nope. We don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I'll tell you when you're older. Okay, James. <laughs> Easter. You giving us a win. A, rebu- a rebuilding Eastern Washington comes to Missoula. Win. Chris win. Then. Cats. In Bozeman. Uh-oh. Against Tommy Merlot. Oh, you gotta first believe. team. You gotta believe. First team all conference. Are we on like a three game Buck Buchanan watch. No, not Buck Buchanan. Walter cats. Payton yeah, watch. Well, we beat him last year. Yeah. 29-10. Say it. Say what you want to say, man. It's okay, People James. People want to know. We it's support okay. you. Whatever your gut says. It's hard because, yes, we did beat the Cats last year. But the Cats have a winning streak against us in their hometown. Yeah. It's true, they do. But they did against us until this last year. And my cousins are either going to hate me or like me <laughs> after this decision. Fair. What's the call? I say we win. Yes! Okay. Yes! yes. I like it. Do you think we're a top four or top two seed? Now, I saw this was a question. This is yeah. James, you've led us down a perfect path to start this pod. <laughs> Honestly, you have a future in broadcasting. This was golden without you even knowing. Because now the grids are 10 and 1. And I know the question is at 10 and 1, in a hypothetical world here in August, we can talk about this, right? Yeah. If you guys ask me this in September, October, I might have a different answer. Okay. But in, in August, at 10 and 1, what seed would that get with a 10 and 1 but the loss at Sacramento State? And you would think co champs, at least in the big sky at, at that. Number two, okay. One in the Big Sky, two in the FCS. See, I think right. I think you're I think it's two, three, or four. Yep. I think a top four at ten and one, yes. See, but to, to assume a lock, to, yes, a two yeah. would be you'd have to get some things to fall your way. Ten and one, top four, I think is a lock. Yep. So ten and one, top two, it depends on circumstance. So and I I hop forward. Whoops. No, before, before we go, before, before we go too going. far down this rabbit hole, because we could um, go down the rabbit hole. Let Let's wrap it. Anything else you want uh, to share with your fans and the listening audience? Not really, but can I tell you who the Grizz are down to? Who's the one seed in the FCS? Sure. Let us know. The people who have always done it. <laughs> in FCSU. your lifetime, that's pretty true. <laughs> James turned nine this summer, so that's a fairly accurate statement. NDSU. NDSU. 11-0. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, Bubba. Thanks. That was really yeah. good. Thanks, man. Good seeing you, James. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you back. Good, good I to be can, rolling. I can see why he's the star of the show. Oh, he's me too. He's got, Shh, he's got the best reference. More importantly, the Dodgers going to win here. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who are they playing? Brewers. Fly. I say they, oh. there's a sacrifice fly that advances the guy to home. All right. Well, they're up four three. Base single. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. Hey, thanks, Bubba. All right, James. Appreciate it. Good to see you, buddy. All right. So. Uh, we're gonna. I guess we can call this our second annual preseason pod with uh, the voice of the Grizz. Um, uh, happy he takes time out of his busy fall schedule to you know BS with with you know us casual fans. <laughs> casual, um, super casual, super I, casual. You guys deserve way more credit. Than that. Okay, <laughs> come on. You guys have a following. I'm happy to be here. It's great. I think this is a perfect time of year, and 
I, for the people that don't know behind the scenes, we we try and coordinate this thing weeks in advance. Yeah. That's what it takes for the three of us. I feel to, like we've been texting to, about this since oh, July. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we told you all that we would try and do it in March or right. April. And well, it's just like life just, you know, we you just know get what? busy. But also, I think this is the perfect time of year to do it because now I'm not just spewing BS. I actually yeah, have seen the team. Right. We have plenty to talk about. And it's a great time of year. I know everyone's excited from the first couple podcasts we've released, too. So this will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Real quick before we really dive into it, I want to pitch what we always pitch, and that's the QB Club. Yeah. Um, QB Club's doing something pretty cool this year. They've got a drive for five, and they're trying to hit 500. Is it a drive for five or a drive for yeah. 500? Drive for, well, I drive think they're called drive for five. Drive but for five sounds better. Trying to get to 500 members. The <laughs> they're trying to get to 500 members, and the, I mean, frankly, I think it's within, within reach. They're about, is it 65 short? Something I mean, like that. so, I mean, they're, yeah. they're damn and close. So, gogris.com slash QB Club. I think it's well worth it. Um, you know, it's it's fun to, to go to the meetings and they'll stream them if you want to start chapters in other towns. Um, but, you know, you, you get to kind of hear from the coaching staff every week and, and, just kind of get a feel for who's coming next. And, you know, every once in a while you get a little nugget to something that's kind of earth breaking, <laughs> yeah. but most of the time it's just kind of fun, you know, and you see the coaches in a different light and um, it's very enjoyable. You know, it's, they meet Monday nights. Yep. Um, so we're petitioning to get that moved, but I don't think that's going to work. Uh, so, let me, hold on. I've worked with Bobby Hogg for a couple years now. Yeah, that's not <laughs> good. So, okay, yeah. nice, nice try. Um, so, uh, you know what? I, I think it's well worth it. And Brent, you've actually been a member longer than I have, but we've both been in for a long time. I mean, like just with what they've done with QB club over the last few years, especially the way they've made it virtual. Um, cause it, like for the longest time, QB club used to meet in the top floor of the press box. Thursday and mornings. Thursday mornings and you had a breakfast and it was fine, but then it just like rapidly kind of outgrew the space. And so now it's at the still room here. Uh, and you know, Walt Meralt and their group puts on, they've got, you know, if you're here in town, you get a great meal. We're assuming um, it's the still room this year. I yeah. I, 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 everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard any different. I think the email I saw said that. Okay, so, good. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, just with their ability to stream now, cause it's like, I think QB club was definitely, it kind of felt exclusive to like, if you lived in Missoula, but we have so many, like, like we see this on the pod. Like, I mean, I think about a third of our listeners are like outside of the state of Montana. And so you've got, you've got chapters and you've got the ability and you, you get a zoom link, you, you, you load it up and, and you still, you get the jacket, you get the swag, you get the extra info. If you happen to be in town and there's a practice going on or something like that, or a closed practice in most all cases as a QB club member, you get to go to that if you want to. So I think, I mean, this, this run of QB club, in my experience of being a member, I think of at least the last 10 years has been the best these last few years. Yeah, it's gonna, awesome. They got to figure it out. Oh, yeah. It's dialed in. It's so. elevated the program so much, too, yeah. guys. I mean, you know this behind the scenes, what it what it really has done. And if, if you care enough about Grizzly football to listen to this podcast, yeah. well, absolutely, <laughs> right? I mean, to all these podcasts that, um, no, it, it's, a, it's a good deal. I know how much Coach Halk appreciates it. And what you said, Mike, spot on. You see the coaches in a different light because oh, yeah. it's early enough in the week, too. They're, they're not too agitated yet. Yep. And it is fun to kind of hear them talk about the previous game because then they don't really have secrets, you know. <laughs> yeah. so true, they're true. just going to give you the straight up, like, yeah, we kicked their ass. <laughs> nope, no, this guy struggled. And it's, it, the best is when Bobby makes fun of Robbie. Oh, um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's good. And, um, you know, they also do the signing day stuff. And so it's, it's well worth it. You get swag. Um, hopefully they got a good fat guy uh, uh a pullover for us this year. I don't know yeah. what the swag is. I don't know yet. They, they have not leaked that. That's okay. top secret. I was going to say, because I'm it. rocking the, the QB Club golf 
fly fishing pullover type here. This is nice. I that like is this. nice. Yeah. yeah. Eric Tabor's won that like four days in a row. Like, I, I think every practice I've been at, I have seen him. Like, in if it. you give real big money, they'll do some cool things. And one of them this year was they took like six Grizz fans and the coaches into the Bob Marshall for like a week, right? Unbelievable. That, I did not make the cut <laughs> for that. Somehow Eric Tabor it, made the cut. Uh, Tabor made the cut for that. I joked with Bobby and he goes, I know you're getting married. I do not want to bring back any dead bodies. So, like, plain and simple, we're, we're not bringing Riley. You would not survive, and I probably would agree with him, so that's fine. All right. GoGrizz.com slash QB Club. Yep. Check it out. Awesome. So, yeah, hey, uh, you know, obviously we got we got kind of media days to talk about. We kind of got new guys coming in over the summer, got things like that. Um, you know, we're not journalists, and we're not hard-hitting, but I do think we've got to kind of acknowledge that, the number 37 thing still floating around out there. And I know you're close to the program and, and you know, we're not going to ask you to, to weigh in, but um, just any thoughts on kind of the, the bigger picture and, and when maybe people can expect to know who might wear number well, 37? Well, <laughs> it has certainly been, I mean, the, the topic of conversation ever since fall camp. And I think that the first thing I would say off the top is, is that is unfortunate. First off that, I mean, you've got all these expectations the first time in a decade that you finally have Grizz football where you want it going into August. And there's something, I don't want to say it's negative, but something maybe suspect that's, that's clouding the program. It is, it's different. And I, I think that the, the fair statement to be would, it's lost its way a little bit The The way that 37 has been, passed down or, or the the communication of, of what's happened over the last couple months and I think as a as a Montanan and someone that grew up uh, loving Grizzly football still does to the day and I think even this in this day and age tradition of college football it is losing its way with each day with USC and UCLA going to a different conference I oh, think Lord. anything that you have with tradition you need to grab with two arms and and hug it tight to you and i feel that this is such a hallowed tradition here that it needs to get its mojo back now i'm not going to speculate on what i think should happen or what's going to happen i do know that it's going to get resolved sooner rather than later i would think within a week okay and i i just hope that we can all be on the same page moving forward here. S- sounds good. So you can stop commenting on it. The I was going to say, I didn't dodge that too bad, right? That was okay. Firmly okay. on record is saying the last guy gets to hand it down to the new guy. That's our understanding of it. And we are the, you know, unofficial, official last we word are. on Grizzly Sports. Absolutely. So yep. um, take the that, buck almost stops. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying my beer. <laughs> awesome. So, anyway, enough of that. Um, we'll, we can kind of move on. Um, you know, a lot's happened since since spring camp, and yeah. you know we've we've we got some new guys. So I guess one of the kind of things maybe off top is tell us a little bit about some of the new guys who have come in, and and we'll get later into like who's going to be maybe a under underrated or things like that. But just you know, t- talk a little bit about some of the guys we brought in. You know, I, I think you got to go off the top. That what's the number one position group that everyone talks about all the time? The offensive line, yeah. right? So yeah. what are I, new I was additions? Say long snappers well, on this pod. Oh, well, yeah. On this pod, that's a good point too because we are going to get into long snappers because I mean it's hard to replace any All American. I don't care if it's a long snapper or not. So we will get into that. But Chris Walker pops off the page. He's so interesting to me because yeah. he's someone that the Grizz brought in to play offensive line, and from what I've heard, he played out of position at Nebraska. So he was he, a DN in Nebraska, yes, right? Yes, he was yep. playing on the D yep. line and talk with all the experienced coaches on the Grizz staff. 
it's kind of puzzling why he was never on the offensive line. Yeah. All that being said, I think it might take a little bit of time, but man, 6'6", 290, mountain man beard, kind of has that mean mentality. <laughs> I mean, Marcus Knight straight up said, I'm kind of scared of the dudes. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what you want for an offensive lineman. How about we've been saying for years, the Grizz kind of want that nasty back a little bit. So yeah. Chris Walker, to me, is an immediate guy that jumps out. For sure, Lucas Johnson. I mean, we could talk about Lucas Johnson QB. for as much as yep. you want. Yep. Quarterback from San Diego State, seventh-year senior. Love his story. Is that why he's number seven on his shirt? <laughs> that is yeah, funny you say that. I was actually in no no to that, no. but I was in Bobby's office when he came in and when he knew seven was going to be available because Gabe Solster transferred. It's like he wanted that baby right away. It's funny yeah, how people are with numbers funny, yep. talking about thirty-seven and yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. You know, it's it's special to some people, but he's rocking it. He's just he's a different kind of quarterback than what the Grizz have had. Yeah. Just quite frankly, the last couple of seasons were you got Dalton Sneed. He's creating yeah. on the fly. Yeah. Fun to watch. Like, I would say he maximized his body frame. Would that be as oh much God. as possible? Yeah. Right? Fun competitor. Yeah. Cam Humphrey, more of a prototypical passer. Mm -hmm. You could say game manager. I don't mean that as a negative tone, but right. So he, he did, you know, all the right things. Could throw the ball. I think Lucas Johnson is a, a combination of the best versions of both of them. Mm, yeah. And, and his size, Brent, is so big. I, you guys are going to love watching. I mean, you, uh, the three of us have all seen Lucas in full pads, half pads, whatever. But, I, I, like, that was, like, my, my first impression of him when I saw him in the spring was it's, it's like a weird take, but it's like this guy it looks like he's just he's just built to, like, take shots. Like, he, he's big. He has broad shoulders. I mean, he throws the ball well. He runs the ball really well. Um, and in my, like, limited watching of it as well, though, it, it, it was just it's really fascinating just being a running quarterback, though. He doesn't really seem to be a guy that <clears throat> looks to run first. Like, he keeps his options open. And so, and I mean, a fascinating background, right? Like, started Georgia's tech. Right, and then to San Diego State. Right. I mean, he's a San Diego kid yeah. and was recruited heavily to stay at home. And last second, the bright lights, who wouldn't? Georgia Tech, he, yeah. he goes oh, yeah. across the country, has a good career as a backup quarterback, gets injured. He's there for four years but only uses two years of eligibility. <laughs> then, of course, you know, COVID, everything COVID happens. Year, yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, I want to fulfill the dream of playing close to home. Yeah. He does at San Diego State. All of a sudden, a backup role turns into being a starter, emerges mm -hmm. well, but mm -hmm. the plan was never for him to be there multiple years. Right. So okay. San Diego State just didn't really have a spot for him. Well, enter Bobby Houck, enter a perfect situation. This is a match made in heaven. I, I know we're going to talk about the quarterback room, and Chris Brown, still very youthful, but you look that the other four quarterbacks in that room, sophomore, freshman, 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 right. to go along with seventh-year senior <laughs> Lucas Johnson, one stands out above the rest, and right. he's just so poised, yeah. too, guys. He, he is so much fun to watch, command to huddle. He jives well with the guys. I all signs are I know I'm supposed to drink the Kool-Aid, but I really, <laughs> really, really like what I see in all the coaches and players I've talked with to really like what they've seen from him. Well, and like with what he brings to the team, and of course, like we can talk about as well too, with Marcus Knight and Nick Osmo being back, Xavier Harris and Isaiah Childs, this stable of running backs that we have, but Johnson adds a legit running threat and not I mean Cam actually was really good with his feet, but I think we looked at more like Dalton Sneed being a guy you would design run plays with. Elusive. Where, well, yeah, where I don't really feel like Cam was really like, designed a running offense around him, but like Johnson can do it all. And so, I mean, it's just like a, a true kind of dual threat. Well, I like what you said. Yes, he is a dual threat, but he's not just looking to take off. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he will run when required, right? but he's poised and savvy. He 
he understands the playbook too, and and he's had to face a ton of pressures, <laughs> right, in the last couple oh weeks. God. Yeah. And and maybe the best form of competition is facing this Grizzly defense, obviously. And I know at times it's tough, and and we go through it, and we'll say, oh, the offensive line, maybe they look rough, or man, the offense had a bad day. Consider who they're going up against, and they know the plays too. So it's hard for anybody to gauge it. But those are just all the factors that go in. Yeah. So so you're, you're Lucas Johnson, and you've got two new tackles oh, yeah, that, are, see, that are doing well. See, but I got off track and, and so already. That's on the do. on the other side of the ball, you have the best outside linebacker in the FCS. Oh, and you're throwing the ball, and you've got the best corner in the FCS. You've got Two other, for like, well, uh, the Idaho, uh, Idaho State, State transfer Jake was Dawson. the first team, yep. right? And then you've got Robbie, and and it's just like you've got you've got a defensive just studs everywhere that you're practicing against every day. So weapons all <laughs> over, and, and the cornerback room is great too. A, a guy that never gets talked about is Corbin Walker. Walker. I mean, he's a stud. Gradney, he's Gra- doing well. Gradney's had a great camp. Yeah. I mean, special teams player last year, but now emerging. And you know what? I, I think. Confidence breeds itself in Big that time. room. I mean, yeah, I talked with Ronnie Bradford today at practice. You got Justin Ford, Jaden Dawson, Corbin Walker, <laughs> led by Ronnie Bradford. You're gonna have some confidence. Trevin Gradney has <laughs> just emerged. It's cool to see too. Billings West product. You know me it's as fun. a Billings guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a little extra pride there for the hometown kid. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it's been fun to watch. I mean, it it, it has been interesting because the offense. I mean, it's 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 tough sledding. You're going against. I, <laughs> I mean, we've got to see how they produce on the field, but just you look at just the expected talent, and this is one of the, what at least on paper and what we expect, and especially depth wise as well too. I mean, potentially one of the best talented defenses we've had in a real, real long time. I I can't, I can't immediately think of another one off the top of my head. Well, it's crazy to think that with how good they were last year that. Are the expectations even higher for yeah. what they can do? This, I mean, you return seven of your top ten tacklers, yep. nine starters returning. Yep. I mean, Jace Lewis is a hard person you're to gonna, You're going to miss Jace big time. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And, and I think that that right now is an intriguing storyline at camp. We, we'll get into it how it's not as many position battles as there is normally. But I would say that <laughs> linebacker, you know, number three, number four, number five, right in that mix of the rotation, yeah. that, that yeah. will be interesting to see behind – Pat Marcus, yeah, who, who can kind of emerge from that group, but man, so you got Braxton, you got Flink, you got Levi Janicaro, Levi, but, but here's the guy, Mike, yeah, Michael Matthews, yeah. right? I, I yeah. think, and and I'm guilty of it too. We love the Montana flavor that five of the top six guys on the two deep are from Montana, but the one guy that's not from Montana has had an incredible career. He yeah. has behind the scenes. He's, he's gotten just, so much better. He's stuck behind so many great he guys. He really has been. People forget he's a he's a redshirt senior. I mean, yeah. he's been, he's put his time in the program where I'll just say this, it, it wouldn't surprise me if your starting linebackers were all seniors. And it would be oh, yeah. Matthews Wellnell and O'Connell. Yeah. I mean, I Mike Matthews is really well regarded. It's it's funny cuz I think back and I mean, so this was because I think Mike Matthews and Mark Spellnow were in the same recruiting class. Sounds right. I, think I, I mean, I right. mean, they're I think both redshirt right. seniors, mm-hmm. and so um, I remember. So this would have been because I remember going to a practice, and I can't remember if it was Bobby's first year back or or Stitt's last year or the year before, and because you know Mike and I being the regular practice watchers, and of course, and, of cor- and so we sit there and we were BSing. I just saw him at practice the other day, Colin Bonixon, who used to work for athletics. And uh, he was like, he was telling us he's like Marcus Wellnow, Mike Matthews. He's like they are, they're going to be great. They're 
they got a long road because they got a lot of guys in front of them. But and so and I mean, I want to say this was like either 2017 or 2018. We were talking about those two, that so it's great right. to see them both. Like, like they're finally here. Like they 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 put the time in and Whoa. yeah. And in this day and age too of college athletics, anybody that goes through the same program for four, five, six oh years gosh. deserves to be beyond celebrated. Yeah. I mean, oh they're God. going to yeah. be rarities. We joke about it within <laughs> athletics, but all of these records, you know, it, that have been I defined mean, <laughs> in schools, they're never going to be broken again. Who's going to be at a school for right. five, six years with all these transfer? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a while. That could be for a different podcast. But, but cert, <laughs> certainly agree with you that it's cool to see guys stick all the way through it. And a Marcus Wellno and Mike Matthews, two of those guys for sure. Yeah, that's great. Did you guys, I mean, I've been paying attention to Twitter for a second because Brent just tweeted out the <laughs> photo of us, you know, starting the pod. And somebody said, <laughs> Mike looks like Riley just told him his uh, pick for QB1 isn't going to be QB1. <laughs> Mike, you are like, scowling in the these, picture. <laughs> these people have listened to the episodes with Mike and Riley on this pod before. <laughs> well, this, this is great. You know what? Let's just rip the band aid off right now, Mike. So, which backup quarterback this year are you going to try and stir the pot with and say should overtake it by week All three? of them. But here's All the of thing. them. Okay, Riley, okay, okay. Here's the thing. And this is kind of tough. I wasn't wrong in my concern about QB1 last year. And That's I think fair. that where I was Absolutely. maybe wrong was thinking that the young guy could step in and do it. And it's like, that's not fair. You know what? You've had a lot of off-season reflection. Yeah. That is very yeah. – that I would agree with that's, both of those it's statements. Deep. Yes. That um, is deep. It's growth, Mike. That being Good said, I'm, I'm so much on the Lucas Johnson train because, oh, yeah. like, I watched him in the spring and I'm excited about him. And I feel like he's a better athlete than we've had at that position in a while. And we were just saying, too, yeah. I mean, just the complete package and, yeah. and the size. I think the size initially is just going to – open Grizzly eyes up a little uh, Grizzly fans eyes up a little bit where I'm like okay he's a little different than what we've had in the last four or five I mean years. <clears throat> just weight height 63 220 he's like 24 one of the years biggest old, QBs dude. I think we've had in a I, long time my, and it, not big like as in like he's like a fat guy or something he's just like big kid. he's a and big put dude up legitimate stats in the Mount yeah, West like yeah. that, like that, like but I thought it was funny when when the QB club had their meeting about recruiting and Bobby talked about bringing him in and like they, he signed, and then like he came to Missoula, and he came into the office like two days later, or whatever it was, and they were like, "Do you need help finding housing?" And he was like, "Oh no, my wife and I found a place." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> Poise, man. Like I a mean, professional couple well, moved to Missoula. Very much <laughs> so. Trip, yeah. I, yeah, but in in a way though, you gotta love that he Absolutely. is all in yep. for for what this place is about. He was joking at practice the other day. Is Wife, girlfriend, fiance. I, I think I wife. Wife. I, I, right. I think oh, okay. he, she. Uh, she made the executive decision that they're bringing two dogs up here Ooh, too. So okay. he might not Good be getting many sleep. Yeah, <laughs> big dog guy. He's going to fit in very well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That sounds. Yeah, sounds we'll perfect. have plenty of capable dog sitters if he needs it. Right, everybody. Tell I think yeah. your listeners. Yeah, there be a couple out there. I would yeah. say so. Probably. As long as it doesn't violate covenants. You're talking with a couple of realtors here. If you've passed <laughs> your background checks, <laughs> I might need dogs. Listen to you guys. Oh man. Uh, you know, we were touching a little bit on O-line, but, um, like, just kind of looking at that group, I think what's, like, so Walker, I think, you know, because we had two senior tackles graduate last year that started four years. Right. Well, Cook was three years, and Beaver was four. I mean, it's a long stay. So, you know, it's it's fascinating. Like, we've got Brandon Casey, Colin Dreiss, and first name Bonner. Is it Dylan? Dylan Bonner. Dylan Bonner. Yep. Yeah. And so it's like a little bit of a youth movement, but um, size is there. And it kind of appears like 
the skill is there. It's just that game experience. I mean, I know you pull up the message boards, you pull up Twitter, you pull up all the – I mean, everyone's freaking out about O-line. And, I mean, I think it's, it's fascinating. This is a fan take here, but it's going to be an adjustment. Like, I don't think our tackle play is going to just immediately be better than what we saw last year. But I think what's going to help these tackles is that we've got four experienced tight ends that can help in the blocking game. And we're going to have a hell of a running game. And so these tackles are not going to have to be probably relied upon as much in extended pass protection with inexperienced tight ends as well, too. I think that's a good take. And I want to truly ask you guys this question, too, because I'm fascinated by it. Everyone gravitates pretty much ever since I've been here. This is going to be my seventh year offensive line. Offensive line. I know we're all getting old. (laughs) Offensive line. Offensive line. (laughs) Especially with this year's group. Is it more because – is there more attention because all the other position groups are solid or because there's legitimate concern? Because, And we also have to ask ourselves, what is the bar? Because I don't want it to get clouded that this old line group has certainly improved over the last couple of years and gotten bigger. But the bar isn't to be good in the big sky. Right. The bar is North Dakota State and South Dakota State. And if we're trying to compare – the O-line to that, then yeah, they got a ways to go. Sure. But let's not get it clouded that they have emerged. They're still, a, I would say, top three or four offensive line in the league. I think that the answer is so. both, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think that there's always concern about the O-line because it just hasn't been as good the last decade as we're used to in Grizz football. We're spoiled. Like we're Bobby's spoiled. last O-lines when he was here last time, just pumping out All-Americans and – not so much draft picks, but NFL camp invites and stuff. Like, we got a little split. Yeah, so I think that that's, that's the one part. But the other part is <clears throat> I think that we kind of realize that we have got good talent at every other position on the field. And that's not to say that we're stacked everywhere. But, I mean, I think the biggest question mark to if this team can be in that final four or not is going to be how does that O-line play? Like, I really think that's the question mark. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's more than fair. fair. And I think I think to your point, we're always okay with the tackle play, and it was always the interior. Well, mm-hmm. now it's a little bit opposite. Fourth it's and yeah. or, or the, the mainstays, and I kind of like the fact that it seems like they're going to commit to these young guys. And and I throw them to the wolves is is, is very commonly used. I, but at the same time, get reps early on, non-conference. Yeah. Okay, Brandon Casey, Liam Brown, Colin Drees, Dylan Botner. Let's go. Yeah. You know, yeah. throw them out there and see what happens. And and you hope the cohesiveness together by Sac State. I mean, we can. I, I can't say Sac State anymore with Bobby. I could in the off season. Now it's one week at a time. I get it. But with you guys, let's call it what it is. Sac State. Yeah. Sac, State. Sac State. And you got something to prove. Absolutely. Big time. But that's the that's the game. You need to make sure you are yep. ready to go for yep. in Game Seven. Well, and again, uh, you look at what these guys practice against. So you've got. The best one-two punch and tackles, um, you know, and then these defensive ends. Like this is what's what's impressed me. And um, you like think about Bobby's second tenure was like our defensive ends. Like well, we brought it. Who's the kid from Billings? Um, long hair, blonde hair kid. Like had sticks for legs. Bobby a joke about it at a QB club. Like good little pass rusher. But it was, and then you know, so then we're bringing in transfers and stuff and. Um, it kind of feels like to me like they've got the defensive ends that they feel this defense is built for because these guys that you see on the field now are 
six five, six four, six six, two sixty, two. I mean, like this, this D line looks different than D lines we've seen in the past this, on the, on the edges, the D oh, end in this position, in this and fast yeah. and speed. That that's the yep. combination. So, I mean, you, got, you got Husted, you got Edwards wearing number zero, which is weird. It's oh <laughs> so and weird seeing a zero. To the height and weights. I literally just put <laughs> these on here. Kill Edwards, number zero, six five, two forty. Garrett Houston, 6'2", 235. Jacob McGowan, 6'5", 265. Diari Todd, 6'2", <laughs> I mean, those are your their main four defensive yeah. ends right now. I I like what I'm seeing. Oh I like that. I mean, that that looks different. And, and the fact that they're fast yeah. and they rotate. And I, as far as knowing who the starter, it really is irrelevant. And, and Alex Gubner, another guy that's taken a huge leap. Eli Alford, they are so deep and they will rotate yep. so much and that, on the D-line. You, you mentioned that. And that's one thing that I think that we need to, to call out as, as something that I think that the, this second era of Bobby Houck has done so well. And I think the first one did too, honestly. But, I mean, like, so many guys on defense have reps. And it's like, I know not everybody does, but I mean, like, they have done a pretty good job of giving guys a chance to get in and get time. Yeah. And I think that we are seeing the the payoff of that. Yeah, I think, especially on the defensive side, I mean, you can think back to many years where it's like, boy, if we drop a guy or two, it's it's going to be hold on and pray. And you don't want to lose anybody, but it's just like the ability that this defense has to rotate guys Everywhere, corner, safety, linebacker, tackle, end. I mean, there isn't a spot where it's like we got one guy and we got nobody behind him. And that's, I mean, that's what's exciting about this defense because this defense, in theory, should be something that they can keep fresh throughout a whole game for a good stretch of the season, I would think. Well, in championship teams, too, it's all about depth late in the season. I mean, right now, I look at this second line, and it's very impressive to me. I mean, especially down the road of, okay – you're telling me that Corbin Walker and Trevin Gradney would start a game. I'd feel okay with that. I think Corbin yeah, Walker will start for it's any big side. It's so crazy how much our cornerback depth has turned in the last few years. We went from wide receivers. We had Darian Nash yeah. and Justin Calhoun yeah. as two starting corners like, in a game. That's crazy. We've got two four starting quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> and I'm not just being hyperbo- hyperbolic. Like, no. The dude from Idaho State was a starting all-conference cornerback. Yeah. And now and he's we here. Don't, we don't know that he's going to be one of the starters. He might be. He, he's in be. the mix. But he's, a, there are, he's, he's fighting. I mean, I mean he's got guys pushing him. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie Bradford told me today there's three guys for two starting spots, and Trevin Gradney's pretty dang close as the number four. I mean, Jeez, yeah. what a great problem to have. I mean, this incredible. sounds wild, too, but this is what Bobby Houck loves. Absolutely. There, you could say on a given day, this sounds wild to maybe people outside of Missoula who don't know Coach Out. You could say on a given day that Justin Ford would be a backup. <laughs> I know that's crazy, but, yeah. like, you know, I mean, those three are rotating for two spots. It's yeah. just, it's. It's a good problem to have. I mean, you go back, though, and you think about the 08-09 teams, and, I mean, that was a two-deep that they – I mean, you had 20 to 22 guys on defense that played meaningful snaps every game. And so that was like – and you had that all across the field because they were able to do that. So your corners weren't getting gassed. Your your one defense – your one D-tackle wasn't just getting run over for half a game. I mean, yeah. I mean, invaluable stuff. And I want to throw this back at you guys because you have better perspective, honestly, than me at this. Oh, because we got to clip that. Yep, you do. Riley you do. just said we've got better perspective you than him because you're right. old. Hold on, right. hold on. Let's oh, finish. You're older than we're not me. I was going to say <laughs> what I like. Okay, now. Brent but, is old. <laughs> you and I are <laughs> okay. in our thirties. Oh, there we go. There we yeah. go. See, Brent. Yeah, you got the most gray. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's okay. fair. Okay. But what I was getting at was that I, when you look at 
Coach Houck, first week of practice. There's a couple statements that, of course, get clipped. Well, was, one of them was, I have no questions. I have no question marks about this team. And I, I asked him in the podcast, when was the last time you felt that way? And he said, when we were winning conference championships every year. So I go back to you guys. Yeah. 08, 09, 07. Those, those teams. Yeah. I mean, does it feel like that again? Finally? It, it feels well, what would it take as close as possible. To, okay. Well, I think a, a, a playoff run that includes hosting a semifinal game. There you go. Big time. The preseason really, hype, it feels like. But I mean, the preseason hype does. But we've, a couple times in the last decade, we've we've been there with the preseason hype. Yeah. You know, with Bobby, before Bobby. So it's like, they got to show it. But it feels like from a like, depth of the roster standpoint, that the depth is there in a way that the end of his last era had, I yeah. would say. I, and, and that could be why that the O-line discussion kind of comes full circle because you look at especially that 06 to 09 stretch where it was just like, okay, you know, um, this guy's gone, next guy's up and in, and it was just, I mean, the O-line could just reload, reload, reload. And they're, the way that they've had to rebuild that group – and brought them along, and now we've got three new guys starting this year. Um, I think that's just kind of the big thing. Like, so we talk about if that is what comes along outside of that. Because, I mean, you know, 08, we lost our Colbert, not lost, I mean, Colbert was graduated, and Andrew Sell played a little bit of reps, and they brought in another quarterback, um, Roper, right? Over Roper, uh, to uh, to uh, to like push sell and then sp- I mean it was like so QB like le- like why do you trigger me wh- <laughs> but it was like you know Take it was a like drink, it was like this is like a quarterback being like your your critical piece to your offense and it was like we need to just replace QB to go back to the national championship and shit they did it like it didn't matter you know and so but it was like so all those and. But Sell also stepped up and was a better QB than I think people Absolutely. expected him to be. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he had the, I mean, he had Chase Reynolds. So, yeah. and he had a great O line, and he had a great damn defense. So it made things a lot easier. Like the pressure wasn't entirely on the QB, which in this offense it shouldn't be either. I don't think. Like last year, I think by virtue of just the attrition and inexperience at running back. If it fell on Cam and Chris to produce more, yeah. and as Cam's a catalyst of the offense. Like, Cam's a guy that if 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 the O line had been a smidge better, and we and if had, he had Marcus, Marcus, like <laughs> yeah. I actually think he has a much better year. One I just, or the other. I just think that he got thrown in a position where there were times where he was expected to like be this hero, and you know, not many QBs can do that, no. and that's not a knock. That's just the truth. I mean, all the what ifs, right? How how would Dalton Sneed have looked if he didn't have Marcus Knight? Yeah. If he would have had a freshman Junior Bergen and a freshman Xavier Harris, like would Dalton have been the guy we saw? Maybe, but wow, that just talked out about it's all the what ifs. Like like, rotate their situations. Yeah, yeah, no, probably it would be probably not honestly because the thing about uh, Dalton who's so electric was if teams felt like they could they didn't have to trust the pass. Yeah. They keyed on the run, and if he didn't have a running back, and they felt like they needed a key on the run with the quarterback, I think, I think it would have been tough. But I think that's true for a lot of athletic QBs that running sure. is part of their game. That for sure. Sorry, I just had a really good flashback. <laughs> that Sac State game. Oh. Dude, when Dave was back, and Dalton just ran for like 
seen 500 yards, but he had 220. <laughs> they had that fake pitch the, play the that fake they pitch made. Play. That was yep. so we fun. When he ran into his yeah, dad. So because in the, in the tailgates before that game, we, we met his parents. Oh. And like his, like, we were like, Mike oh, gave God, him cookies. We're, we're we, excited. And, no, yeah, every no, NCAA violation you can No, that's not true. We did not. But... Like we were like, hey, we're excited that your son's here because it's like seven people wearing Sneed jerseys. It's like, okay, these guys are related. Like, I'm gonna take a chance. And his dad was like, yeah, you guys haven't seen anything yet. I was like, can't wait. Boy, Dalton backed up his dad's statement. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, 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 the way this offense is gonna be balanced, um, and I think, and I'm gonna hop ahead because we had a fan question on this. I was um, waiting for the fan question. Brent Pease told you. Yes, he did. Yesterday? Yes. That this is the best receiver group? The the most talented, the most talented. group he's had in his time here. That's a statement. Okay, let's unpack that. Yeah. I, I agree. Did you let's not see that quite? It. it was on Twitter. No, I've, yeah. I've been a little preoccupied the last You've week. Had yeah, a week. For sure. You've um, had a week. But the, the um, like, is that coach speak? Because he had a room that had Ture, who is on the Packers drafted in the NFL drafted in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers you know Akem who I think we all can agree was a great receiver yeah um, you know and maybe last year wasn't quite what he wanted it to be but great and then we had a lot of other great Roberts, talent Roberts Salser Roberts. Flowers like, so it's like Holy cow! Like I, that's a statement. I think I agree. I Is think, there an NFL guy on the receiving the receiver? Room see right now? now that that's a great way to lead into Man. this because I, I was going to say that I think Brent Pease's statement was more a byproduct of how solid they are one through six. That maybe like the, there's more guys to go to. Exactly. Whereas my biggest question with this group, and it's not negative, it's not. I don't know who the number one guy is, but I also think that there are five, six guys. You look at this, go, whoa, watch out. And, yeah. and there's a couple guys in this group the Grizz fans don't know about yet, and I don't want to tease it too much, but when we get to the surprises, let's just say the wide receiving room is going to be a huge part of that. But I think it's the it's the whole body of work that Brent Pease is like, I love my room from one to six. You know, and maybe college, maybe college football is a game that doesn't need the defined number one as much, although I've always felt like, you know, you need to know who you're going to. I mean, maybe with his speed, you want it to be flowers, but I like flowers in the slot. So We'll jump in and say one more thing. This is the first time it is the first time since I've been here. There's no ego in the wide receiver room. Maybe that has something yeah, to do with a, Brent Pease's state. Yeah. There, I mean, and wide receiver. I mean, call it what it is. Wide receivers, <laughs> you would assume, right? There's none. I, I look at one through six, not even close. It's the most diva ready position in football. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Quarterback and wide receiver yep, in between sure. the two, right? By the way, if you go to practice, just key in on those position battles. Wide receiver and corner is so it's entertaining. entertaining. I can it's just so sit entertaining. and watch it. And, and then you throw Lucas Johnson in the mix, too. Yeah. He loves John with Justin Ford. That, to me, is the most fun at practice watching that. So, funny thing, our friend Coulter, um, Skyline Sports, has told us that the little bit of practice he's gotten to watch, that it's hard to evaluate the offense because the defense is just so good. I would agree. Um, what, what, yeah, what do you think about that? I, I mean... It's the biggest question coming in. All sure. the the defense is always going to be ahead of the offense, and the defense is so elite. And of course, coming into the year, everyone's worried or concerned more about the offense because again, the defense has depth. They don't have any question marks. I mean, I have the two deep. I, I think. I mean, there, there's just not going to be many surprises. <laughs> yeah. Offensively, I think everyone is just so anxious, curious. All of those words. That mm-hmm. if the offense is up to par, this team can win a national title. 
Wow. Right? Is that is that too crazy of a statement? Because if the offense no, I plays think, up I to par, so. yeah. the, this team can win a national title. And I think everyone is cautiously optimistic. For sure. I'm very curious Northwestern State, though, because that's the first time we're going to see it against yeah. somebody else that's not the top-ranked defense in the country. So I know that we were kind of talking about positions, so we'll go back to that. Yeah. I do want to, I want to throw one question out to put you on the spot. Oh, let's Get you in it. trouble with the people you have to interview regularly. Great. He knows I cracked my second <laughs> beer. Okay. <laughs> so Eastern in the playoff game, they, I think, more than anybody to date, found places to pick on our four deep safeties. Yeah. And we're, we're such an odd defense that I think it takes people by surprise. But Eastern, you know, it's the fourth time they've seen it or the fifth, you know, it's like, um, do you think that we throw in some wrinkles on defense to maybe make some adjustments to avoid that, that kind of from happening? I would say, number one, yes. And number two, the secondary is better. I mean, this first off, personnel-wise, I think that it would be tough for teams to do that. And then the third piece in that is how often are you going to face an Eric Berrier and four yeah. potential wide receivers that are going to play at the next level? Yeah. I mean, that that was a talented group. Well, that if you listen to our whacked. friends on the Eagles fan podcast, they would tell you this year yes, when they've got another round of All-American oh, everybody's. I'm, you know what? I'm Cats very curious. We'll, we'll get to that, too. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about Eastern quarterback. We will yeah. get into the rest of the league here, here down the road. I, I know that it's it's – it's within grounds to go, okay, maybe we need to watch out about that. I think that game was wacky. Yep. I think it was a one-off. I mean, you uh, look at it for the Grizz. Both of them were. They, the they the both, loss yeah. and cheating was, too. Yeah. Was you weird. know, I think you make a good point that, that um, you know, how many teams are going to be able to to roll a Jones, right, yeah. into the slot and force the main corners to stay on the other guys because they have to respect them. Well, not like, only that's that, not that many teams. But then have a quarterback that can, can elude the yeah. rush because that is maybe the biggest yeah. piece. The Grizzly front six and or for seven the record, our offense still outscored their defense and we won that game. Yeah. Yes. So, and boy, that was a fun game. Oh, well, now this is this is a, a good question, and this is this is Riley inserting his fan question because I'm a fan of the Grizz fan pod. What game was more fun? And I know how much everybody feels about the Cats. But what game was more fun? The Cat game or the Eastern game? So we talked about this in the pod, and I we feel did. like okay, there's going to be wanna... some listener out here who's going to like call us if we give the different answer. But so whatever I said after the game, <laughs> go back retrospect, and clip it. Go back and clip it. Um, I think it's, it's nuanced because I think in the like moments of lifting monkeys off your back and like – like, oh my God, we needed that. Like, well, no, blocking that kick and Ford picking it up and running it back. Lewis. Jess, Lewis, Jess, sorry. Yeah. Blocking the kick and Ford picking it up and running back for a touchdown, I think is the loudest I have ever heard at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Absolutely. Like, I, my eyes were shaking. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it just kind of felt like, oh my God. And then you're out in the tailgates afterwards and it's like, you're giving these random strangers hugs because we all needed this and it was time. Yeah. And so I still go with the cats just because of like, it It was time for that. The Eastern game was equally like, God, we, we got you guys. And it was fun, but it was more like, it was fun because Grizz playoff football is fun. Night Grizz football with exciting teams is fun. Yeah. You know, playing a team that we have kind of a hate relationship with is fun. Yeah. Um, so they were both awesome, but I just the, it's hard for me to replace that moment with blocking that kick and forward running it for a touchdown. I'm with you. The the interesting thing, like with the Eastern playoff, was just 
like what led up to it. So a lot of uh, not that there weren't painful losses to the Cats, but very like tough, tense last second losses to Eastern. But then the playoffs, the brackets get rolled out, and Eastern probably deserved a seed, but because of regionalization, they got to play some gutterball game and come to us. And so then it's like we are you're facing this lose and go home uh, scenario against a team that had kind of put it to us just as much. I, I guess we got them the year before, right, when uh, they, were, they were dealing with some injury issues. But, but it's just like I think – just like how like nervous I felt about the Eastern game. And it was kind of like going to the Cat game, like we hit Bergen and the defense shuts the Cats' offense down repeatedly, and it just felt like these guys can't touch us. And that Eastern game – until Ford takes that errant Barrier prayer of a throw Lined to the up, end zone, yeah. it's just like you're on edge the whole game. So cat game for me as well too. But that there was just this total different aspect to that because it was just like these damn Eagles can come. And like if you lose the cat game, which you never want to do, but like we're still playing football the next weekend. And it was like that just that Eastern playoff game. I don't know. There was just something where I was just I was a wreck about that the whole week. And and the yeah I don't know. I just. I hung around. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, you did. It was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, hold on. It seems like there's a You were respectful from the stands, Mike. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we probably shouldn't talk about it live, but yeah, I feel like good. let's just say that I'm, I, I had a conversation <laughs> with somebody who then later called – and we we talked things through. Talked it through. There was some misconceptions about. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, things can happen. Mike, I'll tell you later, Riley. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, um, but uh, uh, the atmosphere, the atmosphere of that cat game yeah. is unlike anything I've ever experienced in that whole stadium. Yep. Ever, ever. It, for me in the booth, it was an out of body experience. I've said it a couple times, but those two games were so different because. You talk about investment in the program, right? And I'm for the record, I'm with you guys. The, for people that live, breathe, bleed, die, Grizzly football, that cat game was so needed. I mean, everybody knows that. But the Eastern playoff game, if you want to just talk about the 60 minutes of, of football that was played, that Eastern game was wild. But the atmosphere and everything with the cat game unmatched. I mean, I hit octaves in the booth. I didn't think I yeah. could hit. Greg and I had bruises on each other. <laughs> well, we hitting yeah. each other in the booth. And man. I think that's like it a, was crazy. It's a perfect example. And it's like you know, my buddy Colt, who we've had on, Colt Palmer, played for the Grizz a long time yeah. ago. Like, I, I went to the, our, the his tailgate spot after the game, and like we gave each other such a big hug that I thought I was going to break bones. Like, <laughs> you know, and I think like I found Brent after the game yeah, outside. Yeah. That's a picture like, on the header of the GFP. Yeah. You and, and me, and Luke, and James, James and I yeah. are euphoric. And it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I just, it, uh, um, I, I think it's the cat game. I do. I, and, and it definitely felt like, and, and maybe that's kind of something that's like led to some of the confidence of this season as well, too, is it's like, there's just been kind of these things that have continued to loom over the program. And, Hadn't beat the Cats since 2015, right? And a handful of just frustrating bad losses to Eastern going back to, like, the Vernon, uh, uh, you know, back when he, like, you know, the Delaney years. And Speaking so it's of like, talking to people after games, after that last Vernon Adams and Washington Grizzly Stadium game, I asked him if he'd transfer. <laughs> and he and the staff were both turned around and laughed like it was a fun thing. <laughs> and then he did. 
So yeah, hey, they went to Oregon. So Mike gets the credit. For this. Well, this nothing guy. got any better. I mean, I guess they had one year of like that Hennessy guy. I, th- yeah. This is yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see this year. Gunner Talkington, if he's the guy, we're gonna find out. But it's funny you guys mentioned that because I, you know, doing the deep dive on the schedule this yeah. year and breaking it down, it's interesting because I think that the Grizz, since Bobby's come back, there have been hurdles in this league that give these programs credit they have jumped montana over the last decade and and where montana is trying to get back to their rightful place right yeah well eastern washington they kind of put that to bed the playoffs you would say or just get the monkey off your back yeah weber state in 2019 better start with that that top five game that was epic montana state last year so now who's the only one waiting sacramento sack yeah right bobby hasn't beat since exactly so to me I mean, those are the four teams that are truly standing in Montana's way, and Zach State's the one that they haven't gotten yet. So yeah. we'll see. If we're going to play all four this year. So yeah, yeah. oh, three of them on the road. Oh, that's, and on yeah. the road, yeah, amazing. <laughs> now, the, how, how crazy is the schedule? I mean, it's truly, how it's worked out this year. And I know when it comes out, you don't know how rankings are going to be. It just feels like the Grizz kind of have that perfect escalation. Yeah, yeah. As you start to when you finish, man, those games at the end are huge. Games at the beginning. Might have a little more leeway. Well, and it's felt like every year, and it seems like it happens a bunch, and it's happened previously under Bobby and other coaches as well, too. You kind of have that like late September, early October game where it's just like, I don't know if this team is like fully clicking. Dixie State. But they are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but they're going to play someone that's, that's either going to beat them where they're going to play them again. Eastern Washington last year. I mean, it's kind of a prime example. Um, but like, it's just like they could get tripped up by someone a little early. You know, that South Dakota game week two, that's gonna be that's gonna be a battle. South Dakota's yes. a good team. Yes. Um and not that Northwestern State or Indiana State or who's the Portland State. Well, and then Idaho be, State. And then Idaho State. I mean it's like you know, they're gonna there's gonna be some tough games in there. I, I it's hard to imagine right now that one of them's like gonna be favored over us, you know, but uh, weird, weirder stuff it. has happened, I, but it's I, yeah. I, Grizz double-digit favorites their first six games. Like, I, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> just tried to tag Riley on Facebook, wow. and I realized that I've like got blocked? a year-long fending friend request I, no, that just hasn't been responded to. I'm not God. doing this, but like... I know, I'm I get sorry. it. Wow. I get it, sorry. but it's oh fine. Gosh. You know, it's fine. We're teamed <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but I mean, I was just trying to put you out on the Facebook, and... It's, it's like, almost like, hey, wow. man, you don't follow me on Twitter? <laughs> I follow both of you. Guys, <laughs> I don't know why I don't do anything exciting on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I just I, yeah, like this schedule. It's I mean until until that sack game, right? I mean that's that's game seven, right? And then you go at Sac, at Weber, Cal Poly at home, Eastern at home, at the neighbors. Yeah, Oof. I mean that's that's a heck of a finish. And it's when tough you run. just put it out, especially I mean, that back to back at Sac at Weber. Well, those are the, those are the two. And, I mean at the Cats it's going to be a battle. It but, will be. Yeah, but let's just call it what it is. Those questions are going to – that'll be the biggest question is the turnaround. Yeah. They play Sac State, 9 o'clock Mountain Time. Great for the national exposure. It's the same perfect storm as that Eastern game last yeah. year, though. Yep. On the road, 9 at night. Late. But then you come home, and I remember when we got back from Oregon when we played that Pac-12 after dark game. Yeah. I mean, we got in our cars about 4.30 in the morning, drove home, tried to reset for the week. I know I hate the excuse, trust me, but it is a tough turnaround yeah. to when you're going to play a Saturday 1 o'clock day game against a physical Weber State team that, all right, I'll dive into it. I think that they are my biggest surprise you're, of the you're, year. You're I, I'm, I'm the really high on Weber State. I, I felt being at media days, 
I can't believe that was almost a month ago. But they <laughs> they are the ones that have the proper chip on their shoulder, in my opinion. Like they are rightfully jaded for being fourth for all the success that they've had in a while. They're thinking, wow, everyone just forgot about us after one year. I and I like their roster too. I think they have the potential. I will say that if we're like picking the other teams in the big sky, we would like to do well based on just liking their podcast guys. The Weber State guys are probably the, <laughs> Weber State the guys. Are good. Is it I mean, more because you like the Weber State guys or by default because you don't like all the other guys? I mean, they're just so much nicer and less obnoxious than all the rest of the guys. <laughs> now, Weber the week we play sack goes to Bozeman. What so we're, we're both going to be coming off big. games. Yeah. So I was looking at that. It's like, is Weber like hosting – Western State or, you know, Northern Colorado. Or <laughs> UNC or have a bye. But fortunately, no, they've got a game, too, so that helps. Well, that, that's but when still, it gets to the nitty-gritty of the yeah. conference right there. Th- those games will both be massive. But they're playing like 1 p.m. in Bozeman, so they'll be home that evening, right? Easy. So They, they will be home by the time the Grizz maybe kick, kick off. off. <laughs> yeah. Be able to scout. Unless if they bus, which True. they might. And down 15, no bus. Yeah. No bus. No bus. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're the bus. Like they're, yeah, I would assume. I don't know. Crazy this for the, is the Grizz. big sky. Well, good travel for the Grizz <laughs> this year. Just three flights. Yeah, two bus trips. That's it. Indiana State, Sac State, and Weber State flights. Okay, flying to Weber. Flying to Weber. No bus. No bus. I like it. Are we driving to Weber or flying to Weber? You guys like I'd like to trips? fly. Well, that, I mean, let's call it. Is that that's a Grizz fan pod waiting to happen in the car? So well, <laughs> right? Well, we've done it twice and they've zero and two in those. So yeah, maybe maybe, so maybe, you're it's, maybe it's the you're drive. Flying. No, you're maybe fine. it's the drive. Right, twice. Who knows? I don't even know what weekend that is. Do you guys have road games scheduled? I mean, are you going to a road game? No, we briefly talked about like trying to look at the schedule. I think. Yeah. That, I think life's a little bit busy this year, but we we need to find. Yeah, we do. Again. We do. Yeah, we were. I don't know. People want us to go to Bozeman, but I've been there twice. I've seen two wins, I, but I just, I don't know. They might need you. They might need me. <laughs> Last time I did it was the booster bus, so I just we went Adam together. Center, we had got, a blast. We, yeah, we went on the bus, watched the game, got back on the bus, went home. I, I so that, that'd be about that all I want to do. Oh, yeah, my gosh, yeah. That one was. It was on my birthday, too. Not uh, a very good experience. Yeah. <laughs> that was over as soon as Smory fumbled, yep. unfortunately. Yeah. What other burning questions does the Grizz fan pod uh, have on? T- I mean, I, you guys had like 35 well, responses. I was going to sure say, I've lost like track of like my sh- show outline, which is never very detailed to begin with. Because <laughs> we, we put a lot of time into this free, free <laughs> product. Bunch. All the time. Whole bunch. Um, <laughs> we talked about the new people coming in. We yeah. talked a little bit about depth and positions. We've talked about the defense. Um, um, I guess maybe. It, are we, are we ready to shift to maybe some surprises you've seen in camp yeah. or maybe some people that you think like, hey, pay attention to this guy? Uh, absolutely. And I think that there's a couple on both sides of the ball where surprise, you have to define surprise, right? Maybe someone that you know but wouldn't expect to be in an elevated role compared to someone that you've just never heard about. And yeah. I think that that's more the case, especially com- from what we are talking about just a little bit ago, where the defense, there wasn't much turnover, right? You got a lot of guys back. And I'll start there. I think defensively, a guy that took a huge leap that I'm so excited to watch is Diari Todd. Diari Todd, the Michigan State transfer, I mean, he's huge on the defensive line. 
you know, maybe took him a year to figure out the system. He has looked really good. Britt and I, I mean, a little bit ago, we're talking about Mike Matthews. I think he's another guy that, um, redshirt senior. I mean, can't believe he's been in the program now five years, but he saw it. He could very well be starting next to Marcus and Patrick. That wouldn't surprise me. And then Corbin Walker, another guy, a a corner. I think everyone maybe rightfully so talks about Justin Ford and Dawson, but Walker is just solid offensively. Okay, we were teasing this. Yep. Okay, yeah, you are. that was the broadcast tease, guys. You guys, you guys going to unveil the, the NFL you took, receiver. You took, uh, wow. I'm just, I'm See, just now, kidding. I'm just now kidding. here's the thing: if Guaranteed you follow along, whether it's Coulter or Sean or everyone's pick now is Aaron Fonts. Yeah, and I agree. Aaron Fonts has popped off the page. We talked at practice about him, Brent. Yeah, and we did. he is Mike. By the way, we can make an appearance soon. Probably. I text him, but okay. You know. He doesn't text me. I, I would know like you've been to. busy. Maybe tomorrow we'll see. I know. The people want your assessment of practice, though. I'm just saying. But, I mean, Aaron Fonts obviously is a, a pick that, for good reason. The guy I want everyone to keep an eye out for is Eric Barker. I think Eric Barker at tight end, number 88. Yeah. Every, for good reason, Cole Grossman's a stud. Oh but Eric yeah. Barker is 6'4", 250 pounds, a sophomore from Kaiser Oger, and a former quarterback who's in the fold last year. Mm-hmm. He's versatile. He's tough. Like get him off the bus first. 88 is one of my uh, right. big surprises. And then Keelan White is another one. Keelan White um, was kind of, I don't want to say swept under the rug, but it, was, it wasn't it was a headline that he got injured and missed November. So I mean, so he had a hand injury at Northern Colorado. He's a guy that we talked about on the pod where it's like if he could get more reps, like maybe he could. Well, and I think yeah. back to our previous point of the, the room being so deep, one through six, on days, Keelan White might be the number one. Mitch Roberts, Junior Bergen, Aaron Fonts, Ryan Simpson, Malik Flowers. Those are your six. I mean, those guys are – and what I love about it, two seniors, four sophomores. Those are your <laughs> top six bounce. wide That's receivers. Great. That's good Well, and then your top four running backs, Knight Junior, Osmo Sophomore, Harris Sophomore, Child Sophomore. Yeah. So, skill position-wise, yeah. youth. And tight end-wise, Grossman Sophomore, Barker Sophomore. Yep. So – that that Barker Grossman combo, and I mean, and then you got Elwell as well too. I mean, it's like, but I mean, Cole Grossman, I think was shortchanged as third team, or was he honorable mention? Whatever crap he got, like where I don't he, even pay attention. I, to you know, and I know some of it. I know the coach voting at your end is tough because four or five of the coaches didn't even see us, and so they're going off film or they're going off whatever. But I think, I don't know. I, I think Cole Grossman. Could potentially, like set set damn near records for receiving yards for tight ends this year, um, if they use him right. Which I assume I think gonna. they will because he's he's just a special combination of athlete. Yeah, it's it's just. It's but we'll a, see. I mean, we've said this before, and then. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: I'll play devil's advocate, right? Defensive coordinator damn for it. another big sky. <laughs> another big sky. They recognize school. it, <laughs> of course. Damn it! <laughs> you go. The last couple of years, there's been a two ray and a cam out there. Yeah. Your defensive coordinator this year. Who's number one in your game plan? You don't know. You're probably going to start with Grossman or Roberts in the pass game. Right. I bet they start with Roberts. I mean, like unless Bergen, unless unless Grossman fonts after game one or two. Yeah, I was going to say like you got to get a couple games. I mean, what I'm saying is there's so many different options, and I think that's why going back to Pisa's statement and just going there's a lot and youth too. Like we just said, it's it's a perfect combo. I and you know Roberts. I think we've just gotten comfortable seeing him for three years right now um he's just he's still he just gets better and it's, it's like reliable, i mean best hands 
Oh, without a question. Best route yes. runner? Yes. All I mean, it. like, he's not – I'm going to just guess he's not the fastest. He's but not. I would say in terms of, like, cut, route run, being where you need to be, like, just especially just these, you know, 10 days, whatever we are, into, into, sp- into fall and through spring, it was like – he was, like – He's caught like everything that's come his way, which is funny because he's wearing number eighty, and so it's like you just you flash back to Mark Mariani, who now Mark was probably one of the faster guys on the team, but it's just like Roberts is just he does everything right, and I I don't know like like we talked about Packers, he just reminds me so much of Jordy Nelson when Jordy was in his prime, where it was just like this guy is just his overall skill as a player, um, maybe not the best at one individual thing, but everything he does is excellent, and it makes him incredibly tough to defend he he's should be celebrated right he's the yeah. prototype he's missoula he works hard when he, he went to the media days yes, right he was our he, rep on and, offense and you know what i think that tells you something that tells yeah. you first off how he's regarded in the locker room number one but just it's cool to see a guy that has come all the way from freshman year to now leader in that room says all the right things yeah. does it how you, i mean legacy as far as family having sure of course, Lady Grizz ties and all that stuff. So it's it's a really cool story. I think there's a lot of fans of Mitch Roberts out there that want him to have a great senior year. We'll make sure that we don't call him Ben too much on the pod Jeez. this year. Because I think we never that, made that mistake. I think I, Luke and I did that like a million times well, last year. Well, how many beers <laughs> in were you when you made that mistake? Uh, quite a few. Because okay. then we get messages on Twitter. It's like, it's not Ben. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> You know, I, it is. I was. Can I? Can we just pause for one second and <laughs> like talk about what what years is that we're doing this? I know that we we struggle with that, but like, this five. Um, it was between. We did a ton during the the. I, I want to say pandemic years, so that was like year at least. How two. did this thing start? How did you guys start this? It was Mike and um, Luke. Luke and I, like Luke was kind of occasionally a guest on the Montana Mint podcast. Yeah, and. I would troll them because I mean, we would drive to a realtor meeting and pull it up or I'd drive and you'd just be tweeting. I'd be like, I was just trolling the hell out of them. So then, um, uh, Luke, Luke was like, Hey, we got to do this. And we did one and it was a lot of fun. And then we did one or two. And then I was like, Hey, we should have my buddy Brent on. And he knew who Brent was because, you know, little Egret is famous, you know, and whatnot. (laughs) And we did it. And it was like, Oh my God, like that's just the dynamic there worked because Brent's like a roster guy and stuff like that. And, We've just been doing it. It's like my release. I want to say <laughs> 2016. That's yeah. when I started. So 2015, yeah, 2016. There. Is it that far back? Anyway, I mean, it's been long enough. But what I was what I was getting at yeah. is um, Twitter. Twitter. Um, I, it's amazing how passionate the people who follow our Twitter account yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Jim not, Messina, I was by just going to say, like, <laughs> it's not, I love him. It's not just great. random guys. Like, Jim, Jim I Messina can't wait to hang out in Lot Z this year. Legitimately, <laughs> um, like, he will message us and not yeah. just tweet at us. He will message us, like, questions. And it's like, oh my God. And he wants to come on the pod. We got to get that set up. And what we should do is figure out mid year when he's going to be in here, we should have you on it That'd too, be so because I think fun. that that would be a blast of a conversation. Oh. And, um, you know, Luke and Brent and I have a good buddy Dylan who knows Jim real well, and yeah. we're trying to we're trying to make that work. That would be so, great. Let's we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and then we just have these other random guys, and uh, uh-huh. um, you know, that's where we're at. Yeah. All right. So, other standouts to me are guys that probably aren't guys we're going to see a lot this year. Okay. Um, Jackson Lee. 
I like that pick. Um, again, just a guy that's stuck behind a ton of great safeties. But, I mean, when the job opens up for him, oh, my God, well, he's ready. Well, that's key, and especially in this defense, yeah. he is the replacement for yeah. Robbie Houck. Yeah. And we all know quarterback of the defense and just yeah. the responsibility that comes with that, it is Jackson, yep. so I like that, yes. Yep. I think Nick Williams, wide receiver, I need, I'm just going to guess he needs another year. But 6'5", I mean um, – there was a practice. I think you and I might have been standing next to each other. It was kind of funny because they did. I can't. You know, we're just watching. I'm watching. Uh, it was seven on seven or something. But he like drops a super easy pass. I think it, maybe I was standing there with my dad. Maybe that was that one. And we're like, oh gosh, that was good. And then the next thing, he, he like jumps up and makes a, a catch over Justin Ford, and hauls in like a th- it was like oh, okay, this guy's got a little bit, like you know you gotta like have things slow down and stuff. But I, I, there's some young guys that I think. Um. Yeah, and then the other question that we've had: who the one true freshman is that's going to play? And I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to take credit for this because well, I did not realize he was a true freshman. Well, as as a guy that could break through, but well, it's <laughs> wild because everyone loves that question too, right? Newcomers, freshmen. This team is not going to have many freshmen that see the field. No. I see, which is the way Bobby Hobb prefers it. Yes, yeah. I see three that have even made my two deep, okay? Liam Brown, at right guard. Yep. Like, he he will be in the mix. Yeah, right? yeah. The one that we were talking off here that we didn't yeah. get, Grayson Pible, the replacement for O'Donoghue. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, so a, he's a redshirt freshman. freshman. That's right. But the true freshman that is going to make a huge impact this year, I'm telling you, I'm on the bus, is, <laughs> is Patrick Rohrbach, the punter from Kalispell. Okay. He is the They're real deal. About Absolutely. Yeah. I'm on the bus, too. Hey, I saw him kick the other day. One thing I've said. Oh, my God. With, <laughs> yes. Oh, I mean, we counted. I was talking with Coach during warm-ups, six straight punts over 50 yards in a yeah. row. I yeah. mean, and he embraces, he loves the fact that Coach Houck is, I'll say it, he's a nerd about special teams. Yeah, he yeah. loves it. Well, Patrick yeah. Rohrbach embraces that. It's the perfect combination there's your one true freshman contributor. You could go down the rabbit hole and try and find a couple more. I that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Could we see a guy like with the redshirt rules? Could we see guys getting some junk time maybe? But I, in terms of like being contributors in the I, game when it's when it's like the game's still on the line, I would be yeah. very surprised. I, I just think and, and just for a good problem, you have so much depth. Yeah. I know everyone is excited, so am I. Eli Gilman is incredible. Oh, yeah. But where's he at in the running back room? Because he's really good, right, and he's probably six. I mean, <laughs> not Marcus Knight, Nick Osmo, Xavier Harris, Isaiah Childs, I don't know how you go. I mean, after those four, a little bit interesting. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I hope to see him on the field. We just know that Coach Howe, how much he values reps. Yeah. I don't know if there's a rep out there. Yeah, Gilman's got to wait a bit. Yeah, it's, um, it's fine. Yeah. Any any other questions on on this before we transition to a couple other things? I don't think so. I think we got that covered. I want to do a couple things. I want to give Riley another chance to kind of pitch his podcast and the stuff he works on. I yeah. want to talk about, um, uh, you know, what we think the season looks like for the Grizz, and then maybe the Big Sky Conference a little bit. Okay. Um, so that's going to be kind of the rest of the pod. All right, so yeah, let's jump into. Um, well, first, like I said, tell us about your pod stuff. It really has taken on a life of its own, and it's because of the Grizz fans out there. So first off, thanks. As you guys know, there there are faithful listeners that are dying for Grizz. <laughs> Hadn't content. noticed. Yeah, really weird. Every time you guys post, and I hope that. 
with the inside of the den, it's more that, that inside access, right, to Grizzly Athletics. And Coach Houck and the rest of the staff have been great. We're doing live from fall camp, five episodes in August. But uh, coming out this week, by the time this pod's out, the inside the den might be out as well. It's a full offensive preview, defensive preview this week. We talked with Bobby. Kent Bear, go through all the positions. Then how about this? How lucky is Montana? The three Buck Buchanan watch list guys, Robbie Houck, Justin Ford, Patrick O'Connell, all on at the same time for a roundtable. That'll be great. And then next week at fall camp, we'll talk with Rosie, Coach Houck about the offense, and then have Lucas Johnson, Marcus Knight, A.J. Forbes. So, yeah, so it's your your place to be for the inside access. Coach Houck loves it. So, again, gogrizz.com slash inside the den or any of your favorite platforms. I encourage these guys all the time. I mean, it, this is the podcast for fans for sure. If you want the inside access, go to the Inside the Den. So. Awesome. Yep. Inside it's the always den. good stuff. I mean, you know, and you, you hear from not just football, but you hear from people across the athletic department, and it's just it's great. And I think it's a good change-up, right? You yeah. guys, I, will, I like listening to you guys because it's more of, okay, Riley, tone down your anxiety. This is the relaxed <laughs> fan pod. Yeah, it's the university pod and whatnot when uh, we do it. And we, we enjoy it. It's taken off a life of itself. <laughs> okay, so – we had James on oh. earlier, but James was busy doing other stuff. So the show's a little chopped up because we just recorded James' intro. You called but it James team. predicted what was going to happen in the Brewers-Dodgers <laughs> game. <laughs> he nailed it. Was it a sack fly in the Well, actually, it's just a base hit. Yeah, just sawed him off Here's and dropped it. <laughs> I'm off Craig Kimbrell. Oh, no. I was in Milwaukee, it. too. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> oh, wow. No chance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he does. I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Okay. All well. right. <laughs> um, and uh, coach's show and everything's Co- booked coach and ready? Show, yes. It's, it has it really been fun at Finn on Wednesday night, 630. Yeah, yeah. And we go out on the deck for the first couple weeks. I mean, Coach Halk has said, and I agree. Oh, man, by the river, yeah. Find me probably... a better setting for a coach's show in college athletics. So – Come join us. I mean, Finn, it's just a fun event. And at middle of the cool. week, much like on Monday, you guys were talking about it with Quarterback Club, how Coach Houck is, you know, relaxed a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. Wednesday, he's almost past the hurdle as far as stress. Like Monday Monday and Tuesday are their grind days. When right. he gets to the coach's yep. show, it's and, a good mindset. And, so, and some days he's just ready to mess with you. You know, oh, you can tell. Like, sometimes he comes ready for he's re- <laughs> Hey, let's just say I'm on red alert. But, yes, Wednesday night, 630 to 7.30. And, again, if you can't get there live or want to access it, same thing, Inside the Den pod, that thing's available archived. Nice. All right. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about um, – we had James pick the Grizz season. We don't need to go through and pick records. But let's just talk a little bit about what you kind of think about the, the schedule in a couple of the games. And then let's talk about Big Sky. Well, I think the schedule – is set up it's wild because again from the beginning of the year the Grizz are going to be heavily favored early on and and whether you want the quote-unquote easier games first or last that's maybe personal preference but I think the Grizz really get a ramp up into the season if they have any question marks they can answer them in games three four five sure then when Sac State hits it's a different season I kind of look at the Grizz season this year into three different parts it's the first six games. Yeah. It's the final five games of the regular season, and then it's the postseason, wherever they land, whether it's the top four seed or whether they're fighting, whatever it might be. Sure. But it's a different mentality from the first six games of the year to when you go down to Sacramento. Because for the final five games, at least right now, you're on the road in three of them. You're facing four top 20 teams in the country, and they're all going to be tough. And they're especially if the target's on your back and you're number one or two at that point – It'll be interesting, but uh, 
And again, I don't want to say that the first six games are automatic Ws, okay? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole either. But the way the schedule is set up, it seems the Grizz can certainly ramp up into it. Do you guys see it that way or just kind of how it works? I mean, South Dakota, I've been hyping up that game for a while for good reason. The South Dakota one is the one that kind of feels... Trappy? Trap game? I don't know but if it's I don't, a trap. Well, but I got a feeling we, there's going to be some excitement built can we around talk it. about South Dakota for a second? Sure. I mean, What's their mascot, by the way? I'm going to Kyle. I call them the Fighting Joe Glens. I don't actually know what their mascot it's is. funny, because they're very adamant that it's the coyotes, not the coyotes. So oh, coyotes. Just, yeah. The coyotes. The we, I wish we had Luke here, because I believe that the Shelby Coyotes is the... <laughs> I mean, he's the definitive answer on this question. Yes, he sure is. Uh, so James will, James will fill in and answer that with his Missoula oh. upbringing. Um, um, I, a little bit of hope on my end that all the effort that went into... <laughs> Um, wooing an unnamed national broadcast could could pick that game. And I, I bring that up because I've looked at the schedule and I feel like if if somehow we could just everybody could could you know send their prayers in the right direction to get that done, <laughs> that'd be great because I swear to God, if unnamed national program goes to hmm. unnamed school unnamed on November school 19th, on November 19th <laughs> after all the work, our school did to get on the radar for that. Yeah, I might burn it all down. <laughs> that would be that would be so devastating if unnamed school does get that because I'm with you in that September 10th day. Let's just call it what it is. If, if game day decides yeah. on September 10th. I mean, it'd be so much fun. Uh, it would be, and I think that they know, especially with how it played out. Right, they went to Ohio State, Michigan State that week. Game was forty five nothing. It was a dud. Forty two yeah. nothing. And yeah. if you looked at the the crowd around game day, just it was a dud across the board. I think there's some FOMO, some regret, maybe mm-hmm. at least buzz that you know we wish we could get back or we need to get back. That would be, and I hate saying it this way too. That's the only chance in Missoula yeah. is that game. That's the schedule. So yeah, it's kind of like you're going all in in a lot of big national games on September 3rd, but you're right, a little bit of a weaker slate maybe on the 10th. And I'm just being like, and the reality is like statistically, neither of those outcomes are probably possible yeah. or, or realistic, but I would really, I it'd would be really fun. Like it. It'd be great. Well, yeah. what's this yeah. called? It would be devastating if they went over there <laughs> instead. If I, it was number two against number four. Four. Um, whatever. I, I've just I've told whatever. people in high places that I'd burn stuff down, so I don't know if that matters. <laughs> well, but we'll, we'll see if uh, you're high up on the pecking order. If it's listened to, I give not, you okay? I give you a little preview. I'm not. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah. All right. South Dakota. Yeah. Um, um, rest of the Big Sky. I mean, I think Weber State to me is yeah. the team to watch out for. I think Sac State's very solid. I'm curious to see. Montana State. I'm curious because I sure. they have a lot of factors. I think a lot of people want to talk about quarterback and running back. Those question marks there. To me, it's the offensive line. They had the best offensive line in the league guys. the last couple of years. Yeah, they, they have four new starters. Four new maybe guys. Justice Perkins and four new starters. How are they going to do that? Especially if Afonso's banged up and there's a quarterback battle. I yeah. think I, I think that that uh, Tommy Montana, as they like to call. Oh, him, please do. Um, oh. That's Tommy John Malone. Edwards is mad at that I, reference, good, by the way. Good. I mean, come on. He should be. It's crap. <laughs> um, that being said, I think he, that kid's got a lot of pressure on him because you know, they went on a magical run. Like, there's just no way around that. Sure. And they put him in there. But the reality is that if you look back on it, 
they put him in there and they used his athleticism and then teams weren't really sure that he could pass or not. And it was clear that NDSU, even in the little bit of time that he played, like they, they were going to figure him out, I think. And he got hurt. So he didn't get, I think that he really is going to have to prove that he can pass the ball. And I don't think they brought in that transfer quarterback on accident. Like I, I have said it like to the, the cats podcast guys that I like, he got on the Walter Payton watch list and I am on the record of saying he is more likely to not be the starter at the end of the season than he is to win the Walter Payton. Mm. And I know that's going to be something that a cat fans just latch on to, oh. but he's got a lot to prove. He does. He really does. That's like, it. that's ridiculous hype for someone. Well, and warranted or not, I just think style of play, I'm curious, and let's for the record say I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but with their style... And for him to stay healthy for a whole year and to play that battering ram style, how, how's it going to work out? I'm yeah. just curious. I'm intrigued. They, they are going to be different this year. I'm not saying they're they're not going to be good. I still put put them forth out of respect. I did. I put in the national poll. I put them forth. I had the Grizz two, South Dakota State three, Montana State fourth. But at the same time, how are they going to evolve? Because who, who's that McCutcheon to catch all those fades? Right. Who, who He's doing it for the Rams now. I love, so. I loved Andrew Schmidt on yeah. Twitter that was like, I'm not making fun of him. Like they legitimately threw the fade all the time. <laughs> Except against us. But it wasn't Tommy throwing the ball against us. So I was Garrett Graves tackling him in the backfield. That's the highlight I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I jumped ahead a little bit in our conversation. No, no. <laughs> so just talking the, records and expectations. Big sky. Think, yeah. So anybody else in the big sky? I mean, like to, you know, Eastern's so, always an interesting game. Um, we said this, I think, before we started recording. Bruce Barnum at Media Day is, was talking the biggest game. But does, oh, hold on. Does you Barnum can do, stop it talking. Can does we, Bruce Barnum I, talk? Like, Barnum can do we, that in all the media days? Can we just acknowledge days? something? Yeah, okay. Bruce Barnum's son is a, is grizz. a Montana Grizzly. He's a Grizz. <laughs> like, how many times in college football has there been a head coach in a conference whose son is on another team? Do you know how much fun I'm going to have with him <laughs> leading up to that game, our interview? I, I can't wait because... He's a stud baseball player. I don't know if you know his background. I remember at all. because yes. he. I remember he took a visit and Barnum when Barnum kind of joked about it. Yeah. I think it was when Barnum joined the QB club because Bobby and Barnum are friends. Maybe it was not. That's where the dots pretzel gates start. But yeah. um, um, he yeah because he originally signed for baseball, but then he decided he wanted to play football. Played at Washington State, and then you know the love for football got back on there, and so. What a great addition too, and we'll see what Barney says. I, Portland State. I think there's a couple teams in this league that are always X-Factors because, quite frankly, they just don't get covered. And I think Portland State is one of them. Sure. I think UC Davis is absolutely one of them. And Gilliams, I would have said... co... Yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah. And, right. The Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. And I would say Sac State until the last year or two. Now they're getting covered like a top 10 program like they should. But we just, quite frankly, don't know about sure. UC Davis and Portland State. They're in the middle to me. Yeah. As far as a surprise, I know the trendy pick is Idaho. And I'm not saying that they're not ready yet. Right. I, I just I get it's a new coach, new energy. That's great. To me, if you really look at the schedules, it's Northern Arizona. Because Chris Ball, there's more urgency to win in Flagstaff right now, I think, than there is in Moscow. They have a better schedule. And here's a low-key game for really all the Big Sky Conference schedule nerds out there. Week one, Idaho plays at NAU. And I would say the winner of that game is your sleeper to backdoor into the playoffs, ah. and the losers still maybe in rebuild mode. I know it's crazy, yeah. but that's a that's a late September game you could kind of circle. That's that's the run of the mill of the conference. I, just, I don't know. Is know, there anyone I'm forgetting? No, and I think that you, you mentioned Idaho and people, blah blah blah. 
But like, I kind of think about Idaho's situation right now, and it's not the same. But like, when um, UM decided to move on from Stitt and Hout came in, and he had to rebuild the roster, and we were all like, as fans, maybe irrational, like, there got talent. Bobby's going to do this, you know. And the reality is that they needed to rebuild the roster. And I mean, to expect Idaho to not have to rebuild the roster is crazy. Like, you know, I mean, it's just irrational fans, in my opinion. Is it the syndrome of, I mean, this, anyone coming in after Petrino? I mean, there's just that buzz. And good for Idaho. I mean, everybody deserves buzz in their program. And their new coach brings, like, excitement. I mean, he's He's a personable guy. I talked to him in Spokane. Yeah, he embraces it. He embraces being a vandal, which is exactly what Idaho wants. You know, hey, welcome us with open arms. They got that guy. All right, so here's NAU's schedule. At Arizona State. At Sam Houston versus North Dakota versus Idaho. So that's at Portland State, Cal Poly, at Davis, at Idaho State versus MSU, at Northern Colorado, Weber State. I mean, at Davis, the Cats and Weber are your three coin flip and and Idaho. But I would say they have four wins. They could be your backdoor team that goes six and two in the league that doesn't make any sense. Uh, James, James is, apparently has something to ooh, say. James, the mic's disagree. on, Please buddy. Please tell me you disagree. You disagree with me? No, I agree with you. Four and seven. <laughs> is that what you want to say? <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought you had some like uh, nugget. Like of, you had some. You got right? some bomb no. on us there. You can come on. <laughs> so then, so we flip over. So we flip over to Idaho. Safe to say they will be two and zero after they play at Washington State and at Indiana, right? <laughs> By the way, that Indiana oh, game, did. biggest payout of any FCS. I was going to say, because oh, they're still on maker. the tail end of those like FBS-signed contracts, right? Like, 1. Are, 3 are they at home? No, no, they're on the road. Going. Well, I mean, Washington State, it's 10 miles down the road. But, yeah. Wait, um, so they, their first home game is against Drake University. States, but real close to each other. Uh, they go to Wait, NAU, like we talked about. Wait, they host Nor- they yeah. post Northern Colorado, come to the Grizz, go to Portland, go to SAC, Eastern, Davis, Idaho State. Yeah, it's just kind of these like murky schedules. I'm hard pressed with three home games. Uh, no, at Idaho State. So let's just go hypothetical, truly, because I think 500 is the barrier. I mean, I see five wins. Oh, and two. You guys see six. One and two. NAU is a toss up, right? Let's just say say two and two. Okay, Okay, let's say one and three. Northern Colorado, two and three. Grizz, two and four. Versus Portland in Idaho. Maybe three. Give them a win. Three and four. At SAC, three and five. Eastern in the Kibbe Dome. Three and six. Three and six. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they will play Eastern well sometimes, Give but I still, get, what even I if mean, you win, it's four Dav- and five. Davis in the Dome. Davis will get they will not boss. win both of those. I At Idaho State. So four wins. That, that screams yeah. four or five You're wins. You're looking for, yeah. yeah. So Both those teams are looking at four yeah. and five wins. Yeah. Wait, what? What's the other team? NAU. 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 No, I mean the team besides NAU. Idaho. Idaho. Uh, You want me to pull any other teams up, James? Should we look at the caps? Schedules. Um. Yeah, I, I want to know James <laughs> because to me, Montana State, breaking it down, they have one for sure loss at Oregon State, you could say. And then Ooh, they, they have four to five coin flip games. All right. But I want to see what you guys think. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's give lots of content. You know? yeah. They host McNeese State. When? They host Moorhead State. Was that who when? they played in the playoffs? No, UT no. Martin. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. And then they played like... They go to Oregon State. Lost. 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 They're 2-1. They go to Eastern. Huge coin flip. 
Yeah, because it's just like those two always find play an offense, games. or yeah. you know, yeah. I'm gonna give them a win. They host Davis. Yep. Another coin flip. Um, coin, flip. coin flip. They host Idaho State. Probably a dub. Win. Dub. They go to UNC. Win. Probably a win, but they've oh, lost I mean, games. Don't That's a win. <laughs> you, don't, see, this is where they're going to be like, you guys are so biased. No. Uh, they'll, they'll win, I think Northern Colorado. They'll win that game like 16 trouble. to 12. <laughs> I forgot about um, UNC, and I thought of the Tar Heels. So. <laughs> uh, like, host Weber State. Coin toss, right? Um, it's in coin. Bozeman, but there's your yeah. third coin flip, though. I'm counting the coin flips. That's at, three co- at NAU, coin flip to me. Oh, ah, that's a tricky. That's a tricky yes. game in late. Here's was that thing. early November? November fifth. Mm. At Cal Poly, Win. at Win. night, and then the Grizz. So you could say one loss at Oregon that's State tough. and five coin flips. And how do they do in the coin flips? Absolutely. They could go four and one and they're sitting nine and two in C. They could also go two and three in those coin flip games sure. and be on the bubble for the playoffs. I say they go three and two in the coin flip games. The losses are either UC Davis or Weber State. Or not Weber. What was that team? Montana. NAU, no, Weber State, Montana, Davis. Yeah, Davis and Eastern. Yeah, Davis Eastern. and Eastern. Yeah. They're going to lose one of those games. All right. Other uh, projected top team, Sac State. So they host formerly Dixie State, now Utah Tech. Win. They got three road games then. At Northern Iowa. Media darling Northern Iowa. Big game. Big game. (laughs) They beat you and I in SAC last year, right? No, you and I beat SAC. SAC had a meltdown quarterback-wise. They had like five turnovers in the second half. That's right. They go to Colorado State. L. Jay Norvell's got some momentum. I don't okay. know. But hold on. Remember? Whoa, whoa. The Northern Iowa game. What's everybody think? That's a huge um, STS not conference game. At I say it's they. It's early in the season. I feel like it's a sack game because Northern Iowa doesn't come on until later. I, I say SAC would win that like 17 to 14. Northern Iowa could win three games, and Craig Haley would say they're on the bubble for the playoffs. So I don't know. Um. <laughs> At Colorado State, we got at Cal Poly, probably a win. Win. So, two and two at this? No. No, three. Three and, three and one. Three and, three one. and one. Okay. Versus Northern Colorado. Four and I one. I say win. Win. At Eastern. I mean, if it was last year, I don't know. I. That's no. coin toss, right? That'd be a coin yeah, toss. Let's go to Eastern next, toss. by the way, for yes, schedule. Yes, So let's give them five I and one. I want to see their schedule. Then they host the Grizz. You said when you, you said, said Sac State win. So right? yeah. and also worth pointing out, Sac's bye week is week two, uh, September tenth. That's, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. I was like, just look at their schedule. I was like, when's their bye? Yeah, we had a week two bye. It was terrible. Two years ago, that was last year. So you got okay. So they go to Eastern and then they host the Grizz. Yeah, that's a win. The win for who? Sac, right? Yeah, you had that. Okay, Idaho. Win. At Weber. Honestly. Same. We, we I mean, need, same, a loss. We need game. Weber to win it. that game. I agree. Or like any same. hope of the Grizz what, what being What week is a, that? What week is that? November 5th. That, so November, that's the week, that week of November Grizz, 5th is pretty wild. So Weber State, <laughs> Weber State plays Grizz Sac State back-to-back weeks. Yeah. yeah. As I said with the Grizz, it just depends on Weber's season. If yeah. they're good, they could squeak out a win. If they're bad, they're probably going to take an L. There you go. And then they go. Thanks, John Madden. 
Wait, what? At Portland. <laughs> at Portland. 11 11. It's going to be a rainy Wait, day. Portland or Portland State? Portland State. Yeah, Portland State. Um, and, they fin- and then they finish the rivalry in Sacramento against Davis. It's in Sacramento? It's in Sac. I oh. Mean, against Sacramento. I think for Davis like to make the playoffs. Yeah, 40 miles away. I think that just because the home field advantage would take a lot on this game. Yeah, maybe. Just like the Grizz, the Sacramento State last year. If they were at, or not last year, like three years ago, they lose because of the, in the second half where the Grizz, oh wait, no, they, I can't even remember the last time the Grizz <laughs> beat Sac. It was um, at home, Dalton Steed's When they wore the Coppers. Game. Yeah. Copper yep. jerseys. That's right. Dickens. Homecoming. Yep. Yeah. Wait, on a 95 team? And then I remember just seeing on the Grizz, like, scoreboard, they showed the flashback <laughs> of um, the, um, the va- not the Vandals, the Hornets. There you go. Um, beating the Grizz. Oh, I thought you were going to say spraying each other with oh, non-stick spray. Yeah. Okay. Spraying what? Spraying There was... You should go a long time ago. Sacramento State Pam incident. Sprayed and their jerseys with nonstick cooking spray. Story for the first time. Unbelievable. They were spraying cooking, cooking spray, spray to make themselves slick on the sidelines and like on their Chris jerseys. Like took pictures of it. Like, yeah, like Kaiman reporters were taking pictures of it and put it in the paper. Yep. Wait. This is so they this is a long time. Yeah. This is like 15, 20 yeah. years ago. You were a twinkle in your dad. Yeah, yeah. You, I don't even think I knew mom. <laughs> you didn't start dating mom until like 2007. Well, you are, sure. This is the content good, I'm yeah. here for. <laughs> this is a, I just pretty good. Kids got the numbers. <laughs> awesome. Let's go to Eastern schedule. Yeah. Eastern. Give me a second. Yeah. This one, I have made the statement I think they could be not a terrible team, but could be. Two and five, one and six. They could be anywhere, huh? All well, right. go through their first seven games. Okay. I want to know Let's your see take, how fast James. Google can go here. I can tell you honestly. They they open at home against Tennessee State. Okay. Yep. Um. Oh. Ouch. We'll, we'll give them a win in that game. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you, Eastern's website, win. for telling me their schedule last year. Here we go. Versus Tennessee State. Win. That's Eddie George, by the way. Okay. Eddie? Well, we'll give him a win. Head coach? He's the head coach. Really? Yeah. Woo-hoo. Oh, just a little game at the University of Oregon. It's a loss. They get a week off, and then they host the Cats. But we've already said L. Okay, so one and two. Oh, hey, then they go to Florida. <laughs> Got to pay those bills, huh? <laughs> L. One and three. Yeah. Wait, at, at Weber. This is what I'm saying. Listen to the schedule. Same Dude. thing. Uh, this about. is front loaded. They this go to the next. next. So one and four. Then what? Host Sacramento. <laughs> okay. Ow. Holy crap. See, no one realizes this, and we haven't even gotten to the Montana Road game. Right? <laughs> so anyway, say one and five. Like yeah. I, one and five. So at Polly, they'll probably go win. win. Two and five. Host Portland. Give them a win. Three at and five. Idaho. That's like the rivalry. But here's right? what you have to also take into account. At one and five, are they checking out? So Maybe. they did this a couple of years ago, didn't they? Where they like they started out so terrible that they they were out of the playoffs, and then they like won out. And it was One, the year five, but it was the year that actually maybe they should have gotten into the playoffs over um, 
Northern Iowa. Northern I, Iowa. I, I, like, I will this. say their athletic director went at it on Twitter complaining about it. And I was like, good for you, man. <laughs> this is a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Three or four. I, I just I'm gonna when close. they went six First and year. five. That's yeah. right. I don't think they were even Cause close. Because they're like yeah. one of five. No, you're probably right. They yeah. like he, I they think that the playoff committee went on the record saying they weren't even the first out. No. Yeah. No. Even at six and five. So anyway, we're talking one so, and five. Yeah. So they go to Idaho. I mean, well, so the Portland, so we had so they're one right of five. Poly two and five. So, so yeah, so Polly two and five, and five. versus and Portland State three, three and five. five at Idaho. Four and five or yeah. three and six at the Grizz. Four and six. Four and six or three and seven versus UNC. Here's my done. thing. My point is they could be a decent team, but with that schedule, that that will be really hard for them to win more than four or five games. I know they're preseason top fifteen, but um, with that schedule, do you guys can you foresee a winning record with that schedule? I mean, I don't know how you start that way and have the morale to like then go on a winning streak. But look at their schedule. Yeah, that cat game is their season. I don't want to be um, too crazy. What do you think? Well, I'm looking at this book that has the FCS predictions in it, and they say that Eastern Washington is going to be ten and three, six and two in the Big Sky. It's like somebody made that what? What? prediction without actually looking at their schedule. So they're going to assume the two. Well, it sounds Oregon like we're going to make this book. Grandpa got this for his birthday. Athlon yeah. Sports College Football. Really? Yeah. And then they have Sac State nine and three, but eight and zero oh in Big Sky. Interesting. Man, ten and fast. three, huh? That kind of if seems they go like... ten and three with that hey, schedule. James, and here this. Do they have you and I? Where do they have you and I? I just you I need to know I, this since it's after. Thirteen and zero. Northern Iowa six and six. Playoff bound. In Missouri Valley. And, and playoffs. Say they're a playoff team. At six it and. Says they're twenty-one. They say that nope, they're not projected playoffs. If you and I go players. six and six, I guarantee you they are in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> This is awesome. And they say South Dakota State will be better than Montana. I know that. I mean, there's some polls that have picked that. I mean, if we're getting down to the nitty gritty, that's the true question. Who's number two? Montana and South Dakota State, two, three. Yeah, that's yeah you got NDSU, Montana, yeah, South Dakota State. Five and three I mean, in Missouri Valley. And with JMU moving on. Still North Dakota State up there at number one. They say that they will lose a game. Right. Fourteen and one. South Dakota State. Uh, maybe. Right at North Dakota State. Probably South Dakota State because we're talking about North Dakota State here. For sure. And the loss was in the Missouri Valley. Yeah. You guys know the trendy pick is in the Missouri Valley this year. There's two. South Dakota State and North Dakota State. Those those are the two that everyone knows. Is about. someone grabbing like Illinois State or Missouri State? Missouri. Bobby oh. Petrino. No. They've got a really good quarterback in there. Weren't they the ones they, – so they played the Cats in playoffs last year, right? No, they were supposed to, and they laid the egg against UT Martin. And then the and UT, then UT Martin, Martin QB. went to the Cats. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. And, again, this is going to come from the Grizz oh. perspective. If there's Cat fans that are still listening at this point, then whew, okay. But at the same point, they're going to say, oh, this is the Grizz guy saying this. When the bracket came out yeah. with the way Montana beat Montana State, I think it was a very easy statement to go, oh, Missouri State, they're going to give the Cats a game. So, well, Missouri State forgot to show up against UT Martin, though, in week one. So that's, go. yeah, that's what happened. So the top four is North Dakota State at one, South Dakota State at two, Montana at three, and Montana State at four. Who's five? Missouri State. There you go. Eight and four, six and two in the Missouri Valley. Eight Probably. and four, and you're fifth in the country? Get out of here. Is that, was that the record last year? 
No, this is this year. There's an entire thing. Well, don't you think they that telling us their last year record there, not their projection? Ah, okay, okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. So I'm still saying a six and six you and I. Well, they're not playing. They're not playing yeah, twelve yeah. games. Is this a, is this a you good and I time? Six and six last <laughs> I mean, year and made the We're a couple so. hours into this thing. Let's go down the rabbit hole. I mean, as far <laughs> as teams leaving the FCS, I mean James the Madison? CAA now. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you got Sam Houston and Sam Houston. Well, I'm Wait, just Sam curious the CAA. Yeah, Sam Houston's gone Why too. Jackson? Wait, but Jackson State is. Jacksonville. 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 Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. But Jackson State doesn't play in the playoffs. Right? Correct. Because they do the Southern Classic. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, they'll play in the Celebration Bowl. Yep. They make yeah. it. Aren't they like Jackson? The CAA. I mean, Nova's picked in the top 10, but what's that going to look like without James Madison? Yeah. They dominated that league. That's been the perennial top three. Now it's very consensus that it's Missouri Valley and Big Sky. I don't know. Let's just say this. As someone that has a vote in the national poll, I am intrigued. I want to see the evolution of the CAA. I think they've got 15, 14 teams now. That's too. right. They, so, have, yeah. they absorbed a few teams, yeah. didn't they? So, yeah. I don't know. If we're talking landscape and all of this, huh? that's interesting. To me. Well, and everyone loves Kennesaw State still, right? <laughs> they do. They, well, in East Tennessee State, they're a trendy pick, too, in a conference that's not as strong. Strong. I don't know. I mean, I I just don't see I, – I don't know who the team is. Like, there's what Nova. Oh, the East, yeah. It, to me, it looks like you've got I mean, I don't the Big know Sky if... Powers, the Missouri Valley Powers, Villanova. And then Kennesaw and East Tennessee State. Like yeah. those, those are your eight, nine Yeah, because I don't right know. Because, like, you know, you would have thought, um, who was it? Oh, gosh. Who had the QB that transferred to Washington State? Oh, uh, Incarnate Word. Yeah. Incarnate. I mean, like. They're in the same conference, Southeastern Louisiana. Right. So and so, one. like, you know, a lot of high-powered offense down there. Oh. But, I mean, Sam Houston was kind of the – and now they're, they're, not, they're gone. And so, like – I don't know. Great offenses, like uh, like Sam Houston found out last year, is like once you play a tough defense, uh, it's not going to work too well in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I see anyone from down there rising up. We'll get a good That's level week one. I mean, Northwestern State's kind of middle of the road of the Southland. That's the same conference yeah. McNeese State's in, who plays the Cats week one. So, I don't know. That That is someone that loves the FCS, as you guys do. Yeah. I wish there was a better barometer of comparing conferences. Yeah. There really isn't. We can speculate. It's tough. There's, it's tough. It's yeah. Just, because even you could say this Missouri Valley Big Sky Challenge, well, when you have a top <laughs> team in the Big Sky playing a cellar dweller in the other league or vice versa, it's kind of hard. Yeah, to it's tough, right? So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Man, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun. I, I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Once we hit Saturday, we are two weeks out. Awesome, man. Although you it's know, all we, we yep. gripe I, about two early September games at I was gonna one say, p.m. I do <laughs> wish that they, they would do a better job of having <laughs> Labor Day weekend be their road game. You know, <laughs> I just I you know just putting that out there. <laughs> I'll or, say this. Or kick them at probably, 6 p.m. Yeah. When, kick them at 6 p.m. That's when it's 85 degrees out instead of 95 degrees out. Yeah. Better gripe in that. Than, <laughs> they're going to be pretty at home, I would think, for most Labor Days. Yeah. But the night game, it's going to be hot. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get an AC for me in my booth. So, you know, I'll be so sweating, with you. I'll be sweating with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, bringing a little full circle here. I think Northwestern State, based upon the Grizz team that I've seen practicing, is in for a tough day, a real tough day, because these guys, day one, day two, were so amped up, fired up, ready to go, 
of a level that I've not seen a Grizz team opening a fall camp. Um, I've seen that type of spring camp intensity. They they kind of got it locked in now, it feels like, a little more. Um, but, man, I it just – walking away from some of those practices week one, I just – I was like – I th- and who knows, maybe Northwestern State's practicing the same way. But, oh, my God, this team is going to be foaming at the mouth for this first game because these guys just – Especially this defense, they really want to light some people up. I mean, it is wild. They're gonna be so ready wild. to hit somebody else. I mean, <laughs> the demons are not gonna know what they're getting into. I just, I get that sense too. Yeah, that the Grizz are going, and, and for all the reasons we've talked about, the depth that even when the ones are out, the twos are gonna be fighting, fighting oh, yeah. at the mouth too. Yeah. It, it's that perfect storm. It will be hopefully a fun day and a perfect way to kick off a, a season where Montana's picked two or three, but Northwestern State. We'll see. I'm going to do a deep dive. We'll, we'll see what they've got coming. I know they have a quarterback transfer from Kansas. Okay. So Kansas know. powerhouse but, Kansas. But, yeah, yeah. But in this Wait, day what? and age, you just—I mean, everybody. It seems uh, he's being sarcastic. <laughs> James is like some what? Gear for your deep dive, Stupid. If we uh, not to end this conversation, but if we don't get to these questions from the fans, oh, let's go. We're going to be here till three in the morning. I, let's go. I kind of feel like we've. We've hit a lot of them. Kind of hit a lot of them. How's your fridge looking? You stocked? Yeah, we need we need more beers. We good? What are we we at here? Uh, Let's go fan questions. This is great. Okay, we covered a couple. So I'm going to gloss over a couple of these because I I definitely think we've touched on quite a few of these. Um, I'll ask just a couple. Um, Curtis Wallace is wondering um, how many online questions will Bobby get before he gets annoyed. We're getting pretty. Close. I would tell you that I'm at the point where who cares? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean this so nicely because I love the fans that care. At this point, it's hard to assess the O line. Let's just see how they look when they play. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of at that point. We can talk about it so much. Yeah. But. And there's only so many times that you, a coach can answer the same question. And I'm all for like I get annoyed when coaches don't like to answer questions, but like at some point, it's like. We gotta watch a game. Like, yeah, let's, else let's, to talk let's about watch a few games. Let's talk about it after a couple games. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Day Day Martin asked us just about is it is it tough to judge this offense in the O line because who they're going against? I think we kind of touched on that earlier. That, that's right? the hardest thing to diagnose. I mean, I, I spend three hours out there every day, and I it's the hardest thing to diagnose. How good is the defense? How much is the offense struggling? Yeah, I, I struggle with it. I'd, I'd love to have the perfect answer and act like I do. I don't know. That's why again, I'm excited to see September third. Hopefully, 3rd. it makes them better. My gut tells me. The offense is way better than what we're seeing because yeah. of who they're going against. Right. That's what my gut would tell me. All right. Uh, Jake asks us, instead of a maroon out, why don't we do copper? Because it would look brighter in the stadium. Because not enough people have the copper. Correct I answer. Like, That'd be cool, though. Good I suggestion. Like one game every single year, the Grizz should go um, copper jerseys. A lot go of people copper. feel that way. At least one game a year. Well. Now, if it was one game a year, would you want it to be planned or a surprise? Surprise. Definite surprise. Everybody wants it to be a surprise, but it's coming once a year. I was going to say, I think the marketing department probably doesn't like the surprise. (laughs) Just taking a guess. (laughs) As long as they're ready for it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, Sean Payhut asked a little about uh, uh, Luke Johnson. We kind of touched on him, but do we feel we've got a solid number two behind him? Um, What I would say, there's youth. Yeah. It's youth. I mean, I would say that that is going to be fascinating to watch, but I'd also remind folks that it's a sophomore and three freshmen. Look That's up. the room. So let's just put everyone out there. It's Chris Brown, it's it's Abbott, it's um, Daniel Britt, and it's Caden Hewitt. Yeah. Here's, I, mean, I guess, what I would say about that. Like, as far as, like, depth as number two, 
like in the big picture, and we, we, we need to put a big asterisk on the playoff game and maybe talk about it, but in the big picture, Chris Brown was not a bad number two last year. You know, no. he came in, he won a couple games. Yeah. Like, like that's what like th- that's what you could hope for as in a, a freshman. Two. Let's not forget. And that. you know, we freshman. talked a lot about like you look at his stats as a freshman, and like he could take steps to get better. So he could develop into a guy that is a just a a, a, a you know good program guy and is good on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. I think that's not unreasonable. I mean, I know that that he got a little bit exposed in the. James Madison James game, Madison game but so did a lot of our team in some ways. And I think that, you know, it's do you bounce back, do you learn from it? But it's like if if the first depth start of the season comes out and Chris Brown's number two on it, I'm not I don't feel bad about that. I actually think that that's not a bad number two. You've got a sophomore who's started games. Playoff experience. Yeah. He's like, three and one as a starter. Wait, what? Chris Brown. Uh, talking about the number one guy that would be ahead of Chris Brown. Johnson. Okay. Lucas. Lucas, yeah. Lucas Johnson. You know, and it's like, I know that we've got the Abbott guy, and it's like, I think that he's a little bit more unknown. I think that he needs to prove himself a little bit. That's usually what Bobby does with those guys. So I don't think people should expect him to be this world beater, you know, and, um, you know, our boy Britt is, you know, he's young. To me, Daniel Britt's the most interesting yeah. of the five. Let's yeah. just say that. So he's the biggest X factor. It'll be fun to watch. But I, if I had to guess what QB depth chart is, Week one, it's Johnson, Brown, Britt, Abbott. That would be my guess. Yeah. And I think that people are like, oh, he's a transfer from Oregon. But, I mean. He just got here. Yeah, he just got here. <laughs> I mean. Like, I mean yeah. And he's a this, freshman. This offense or a sophomore. Complex. Like, right. He's a freshman. Yeah. He's a freshman. I, I honestly, I feel more comfortable if we need to rely on Chris Brown for three, four games this year than I did last year. If and, the O-line and, gels, we got better running backs. And I think if you have, an, if you have a conversation – I, I don't mean to put words in their mouth because I'm just taking a guess as a fan, but I think if you ask Bobby Hout, Brett Pease, or Rosenbach that, I think they're going to tell you the same thing. That's just my guess. Now, I don't know if Chris is the QB of the future next year. I think it's going to be a fascinating battle if Britt... I, I would I mean, I would go out on and say the reality is probably not, but I don't think, I don't think that... If someone else gets brought or, yeah, that's, I mean, it's It wouldn't be unheard of for the Grizz to have a guy who was on the QB depth chart for five years... Yep. But was never the number one guy. Like that's not yep. that's not unheard of, yep. you know. All right. Four oh six Grizz asks us the question with Pease's comment. Uh <laughs> Eric Witz had a question. Um Oh Eric, Ronan golf course, right? <laughs> My guy? <laughs> The best golf ball you've ever played? I mean, FTC. It's, it was it was great. I, I remember yeah, I love that. It. We were sitting on number eight up in Ronan, <laughs> final stop of the GSA. I absolutely remember, Eric. That's a great golf ball. I uh, admire it. I hope that they bought him in bulk. It's got FTC written on the, <laughs> the putting I, What I loved about it is it was so subtle, right? I mean, there's some that are out there that are just boom. The whole thing. This was very subtle. You play I, it, and it was just it sent I, the message. I did like the Titleist golf balls from the QB Club tournament with the uh, with the record on them. Those were fun. Yeah. Uh, yes. That I was. To, uh, I made sure to keep one of those. Yeah, I think the neighbors got a little bit agitated. <laughs> uh, Nick Larkin asked us what our favorite meal was this summer. Oh wow! Oh man. James was at the snow cone at the fair. I don't know. I've had a lot of great meals. I've had some great camping meals. We smoked the salmon last weekend. You know, I've I've been I've been eating just fine. I'm gonna get anybody was curious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, outside of a Dodger dog at Dodger Stadium, what I will say this is uh, showing my Montana roots a little bit. I love exploring day trips. 
Went to Rexford, Montana, up in the northwest corner after mm. playing golf in Eureka. All right. Best fried Wilderness chicken Club? in the state, yes. All right. Wilderness Club's best this course was, in the this state. This was you and the future Mrs. Riley? Yes, All exactly. Right. Rexford. Rexford. Best fried chicken around. Really? Yeah. Okay. Frontier Bar. There you go. I got nothing. Is her Twitter handle going to be Mrs. Voice of the Green? No, she, actually, she would be <laughs> repulsive at that. Oh, my gosh, no. Okay, so I'm going to gloss over all the 37 questions because I think we've touched a lot of those. I mean, have we covered what we want? I, mean, I agree. As far, I mean, here's here's what I will tell folks. A week from now, we're gonna know. everyone's going to know. We're so gonna let's know. just everyone keep their opinions, and we'll just figure it out together. Uh, one of the kind of uh, Adam Clinch was asking um, the odds of Junior Bergen getting 37 next year. My thought is is. No defensive player is going to be that guy that gives 37 to an off- and, player know, it's on like offense. I understand that the first guy was offense, but it's like you talk about traditions, and it's okay to narrow a tradition down and be like, it's a defensive guy from Montana. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I would agree with you, Mike, but I also would say if there was ever a reason or a chance to switch it, Junior Berger would be worthy of it. Right. I don't think it's going to happen, but at the same time, I just there's your word. I, mean, I think of that you, like. What do you think about but, it? But you're right. You guys know this. It's like position groups. I mean, in the nicest way, position groups are like Colts. They're not right. gonna like. They're not. Oh, they're not gonna be that guy. Who goes. Oh, I gave it to the offense. I was gonna say not if gonna he ever gets out of the linebacker room again, you know. I mean, like, truly. The 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 defensive fraternity to be like, oh yeah, you're the guy that gave it to the offense because the offense that. isn't gonna give it back. No. <laughs> what What do you think, James? I think the return running back, Marcus Knight, Marcus. should get it. Well, he's not from Montana, though. Yeah. Gotta oh, be no. from Montana. 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 Born in Montana, go to school in Montana. Allegedly. No. Those oh, are the sorry. rules. Okay, sorry, sorry. Moving on. Okay, so Silver Tip Nation was Montana. wondering if we had to complete yeah, so compete in a game of Twister against the R&R Catcast <laughs> oh, guys, where winning the game of Twister guaranteed a win in the rivalry game and an appearance in the national championship game, how would you guys fare... Uh, straight out. And what extreme tactics would you go to ensure a victory for Grizz Nation? This is like the peanut butter question I got a couple years yeah. ago. If I had my moment of glory so, and blew it with the peanut butter. James <laughs> frantically waving his hand in the corner. Can I play Twister? Yeah, we'd have James. Well, that, I mean, win. <laughs> so uh, we met the, at least one of the R&R guys. We'd beat the R&R guys in Twister. Wait, what? I don't think I think that that's a little too. <laughs> I, I can't get the visual. It's I, a little I can't too, answer uh, this. I don't know. It's a little too let loose for them Wait, to play which Twister. Which Twister? <laughs> which Twister? The game where you have to go like. Oh, yeah, the color, the game yeah. Where you touch the different colors. So I was gonna say I'm gonna bet the R&R guys got like the flexibility benefit on us, but. Um, no, the one that I'd be worried about is if you made us play Twister against the Eagles Power Hour guys because one of them's a firefighter. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be bad news. Yeah, that guy's going to F us up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how to answer this question, so I'm just going to read it, but it says, Hauk versus a hurricane, but the hurricane is Hurricane Hauk. Oh, my God. <laughs> hurricane Hauk. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Answered. Uh, what is our favorite GFP guest, and why is it Kyle Sample? <laughs> <laughs> Sample. Well, you know, and Sample did reply about the discussion of Captain John Mullen and you know camels in Montana. All right, we've got some tears though because um, you know Riley's now a return guest. This is uh, this is multiple appearances, so we're a good there. A lot of appearances. Yeah. At least third, right? Yeah, third, maybe fourth. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Coulter's been on a lot, but we had Sample on a couple times. He's 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 pinch hit a couple I, times. I yeah. do think we need to have all five of us get Sample, Coulter, Wait, myself. 
Well, that could be a fun six little round That table. would be fun. I've got, I've got ten lines in on this board, to be so perfectly, we, we can have a party here. Honest, like, Wait, no, getting what? sample with Coulter is a lot of fun. I would just sit back sample and Sample knows how to push Coulter's buttons. Yes. <laughs> we'll take it, that. Wouldn't it be seven? Well, if Luke was here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if Luke yeah, was here, yeah. seven, you're right. All right. Well, And Kyle Dyer had 37 questions, so we are. That's our Twitter questions. Want me to hop over to you? Yeah, I was because I don't have anything pulled up. Uh, okay, so Grizzly Ordigger asks if 10-1 gets us a two-seed. James? James says yes. I guess it depends on what it's the one loss so is. It's so circumstantial. Because if, if, if South Dakota State's only loss is to North Dakota State and they're 10-1. They play Iowa, too. Yeah. They play Iowa. Oh. So I would say a 10-1 Montana against a 9-2 SDSU with losses to mm-hmm. Iowa and NDSU, I give the slight edge to the Grizz. Yeah, okay. But yeah. I would think South Dakota win. State's three. Yeah. I would think yeah. South, South Dakota State would have a pretty good chance of beating the Grizz if the pl- in the playoffs if they I, met. I will tell you, if, if South Dakota State came to Montana for a semifinal, that'd be a hell of a game. That'd be a fun yeah. game. Holy cow. I mean, on paper, that's Cold what we night. got. It's a 2-3 right now. Yeah, there you yeah go. probably um, like December Probably a cold 17th. Friday night. 17th, yeah. 16th. All right, James, question for you from Everett. Got to make sure Coach Jay what has ga- a scheduling basketball. What game are you most excited about this year? Maybe, probably the cat one, because you said that we could go to it. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep. I don't even, I got a, like, athletic department staff listening. I need tickets. So. <laughs> uh, okay, well, the well, next hold question on. What's was. What's your guys' answer to that? I really want us to beat Sac State. I mean, the cat game, it's tough because it's just a rivalry game, and I, I, it, I'd love, I want to see a win in Bozeman. Beyond that, though, it just feels like that Sac State is that hurdle that we just have. I was two games that I'm, like, most anticipating are both no. road games. Road games, yeah. Um, the, fir- the top three for me. Probably three, yeah, because Weber. Oh, Weber. Weber. Yeah, Weber. Who do you think? Top four. Who do you, what's Who's the, the fourth? Eastern. Yeah. Eastern's at home. Yeah. So that's a home We got a home okay. game. But yeah, Eastern's but still, probably one just because I like playing them. But, I mean, like, the, the home slate's different. Don't let their record catch your eye. Don't. <laughs> if they come in under 500, they're not going to win at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Against I, it. I, just, it won't. Say, no. I think they're going to be 3-6 and six coming in that game. Crazy. Okay, so uh, you've got your third pick in your fantasy football draft. Jonathan uh-huh. Taylor and Christian McCaffrey went off the board faster than a clipboard thrown by Christian's <laughs> father. <laughs> so who are you taking third in the draft? Wait, who are oh, the two guys God. that are taken? Jonathan Taylor Christian McCaffrey. And can you only pick a certain position? No. Nope, you can take anybody. Patrick Mahomes. Third? Ooh. I, you know what? I think, I will tell you that I think that people who think you can't pick QBs early are crazy because <laughs> well, it depends caveat. on the league it you depends on the scoring six league points for a touchdown. but if you get yeah. six points, four points if you get six points for a passing touchdown yeah. the qb is like if you don't have good qb you can't win the league yeah so it's like i probably would i and for the record it's henry Interesting. Or so I actually have the number. You as a Packer fan, I would, would take, take Aaron Cook? Jones before Dalvin. Uh, I have okay. the number two pick in <laughs> Brink. I, I think I have the number three or the number four. You actually have the easiest pitching of anybody. Whoever Dad. Taylor McCaffrey, whoever doesn't go, you're good. Do I have to have two or three? You hope to. Brent suggested that there was foul play because I'm an elected yeah. official. But, no, <laughs> yeah, you fine. do. I think and you have two. The, the randomizer didn't work. Set up me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'd have to pull it back up, but uh, let's see. 
There it is. League is set. <sighs> Where'd it go? Okay. Yeah, I know. Long email chain. You're second. I'm third. So the right. question for you. So the question is really for you, Brent. If McCaffrey and Taylor are gone, which they will be, but so I have keeper, and Ooh. so I keep Cup already. Wait, what? And I drafted him in the third round, and so in that league, I think it hops forward, value. so I get him yeah. in the Ooh, second round. Second. So you get Cup. See, and keepers a total. Difference. So yeah, we get two keepers. Oh wow. So yeah, I get. Um, but I have like Justin Jefferson in like the thirteenth. Yeah, God, 13th that's amazing. Thirteenth round. Yeah. Good luck. I don't know. It, well, it, our, this league's PPR. So I mean, I would like. if he was available. I mean, I would the Packer homer. I mean, would just think Aaron Jones because I think Aaron Jones is going to catch a lot of passes this year because Devontae right. Adams ain't out there. That's true. But that's true. Derrick Henry. He is he's appealing. safe. I mean, you lost me at Packers what? homer. <laughs> <laughs> think he's been gone. taking the same hallucinogenics that Aaron Rodgers had? I, I hope it's so. possible. Uh, Everett Ever also asks, and maybe Riley, this might, uh, <laughs> I don't know, you can exempt yourself from this question, <laughs> but he wonders if uh, uh, Mr. McCaffrey remains head coach for the Bears through the whole season. My so, guess like, is finish the season? Yeah. I would guess no. Well, mm. no, I would say he would. I just, I think the bar at Northern Colorado is probably pretty low. Um, but I, I know based on what you read and heard, it was a rough season all over the place for them last year. They had a whole bunch of transfers out of the program. Um, but I don't know. They're not, they're not a Montana, Montana state, even Weber Eastern where Idaho, where their expectations are to get better every year. I mean, if he's a three-year contract, I don't think they let him go early. Oh man. I, the the question with that is what is the expectation and number two, I think they have to show some sort of improvement. I mean, it's very unique, guys. Yeah. You have the head coach is the dad, yeah. offensive coordinator son, quarterback son. Yeah. That's yeah. a hard that that's a hard dynamic to try and have success. They were so bad. They were bad. Uh, last thing, Everett asks if uh, you've been informed by uh, the university that you can no longer purchase your seats in your current section. Excluding the Canyon Club, what section would you move to? Um, if I couldn't sit in sit your where front I row, sit. north end zone seats. It's funny because that flashed before my eyes. Um, <laughs> I honestly, what I'd do is uh, take out Sunberg and just go in the take booth. Take out? Yeah. Oh, like, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this isn't a mafia. I'm not going to kill him. <laughs> Just, just, I'm just, just gonna go. I'm just gonna go slide in. I mean, Riley's number two. You know, I'm coming for you, Greg. It, it is the best seat in the house. It's the best seat in the house. I'm not gonna lie. My sentimental pick of me would say section 109 because that's that's Southwest Corner. That's where I grew up going. See, I'm I'm 108. That's my section. See, I, so. that view's great. But as far as I will admit, as, as someone that followed the Grizz forever, I, I have never taken in a game for the North End Zone. Interesting. But, well, but I, I mean, that's what surprised me. I envy like, it. I if mean, you come to town, like, you don't yeah. think to get tickets in the end zone. You're right. looking for tickets along the sideline. Exactly. And, yeah. So I would like, just for bucket list, to go. I would love to broadcast a game in there. Could oh, you man. imagine? If they ever get ahead so and you want to come just hang out in the That'd front row, fun. we should do that. Um, I will say, I sit in the north row, the, or the front delay. row of the north end zone. <laughs> so it's like, I don't really know what it's like to sit. Like, oh, can I yeah, imagine if yeah. I was up, I'd be like, I want to be on the sidelines. But front row is just different because you see the yeah. – Yeah. You feel it. Yeah. Man, I've been I've been in 108 since 2004. Same seats. Like, 
I would hate it if I had to move. Like, like I know I actually, all my seat neighbors. It like, was weird shout out for to those Lee, two COVID year uh, yeah. games where we couldn't. We weren't on oh, regular seats. So we were weird. just random. Like it was weird because I wanted to just go to my seats. Like, hey, guys, do you remember that two years ago they played two spring games? I, mean, like, I love weird. This. Like it was cool uh, at the time, fun, but like it was weird. just such a bizarre. The whole wow. Yeah. Yep, we're gonna uh, get back on that. We're yeah. wondering if we want to talk about the O line anymore. Um, <clears throat> well, I so. got another one coming, so you, we can skip it for now. CDA has no hypotheticals for Why? us this week. Oh, come on, CDA, is he just grateful the podcast is back? That he's just he's just happy to be here. Right, happy CDA. we're here. So um, here's to a good year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Wolf seven 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 asks what our 2022 Grizz season resolutions are. I am going to try and be cognizant that my son hears what I say. Ah. You said a I... lot of words. <laughs> Please clip that. That's the line of it all. I, I'm going to jump in because I've been telling myself this. I am going to make sure I enjoy every aspect yeah. of what's yep. coming. I feel that for all Grizz fans that have been waiting for this or that have been longtime supporters, fans, all of this – we all deserve a year like this. So make sure you appreciate and enjoy why you've been a fan. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, yeah. we take that for granted. It, it's like very it. easy to nitpick at what's wrong. But come on. Let's enjoy what we have because it's really special. And I, that's my resolution all year long. All I'm right. with you there, I. It's about where I am, too. Right. Yeah. Just, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Grizz Iron is asking who we think the breakout player you know what we can ask you guys next pod for that well, we can say that for next pod but i mean i actually i think that keelan white has a chance to be that guy we talked about that a little bit because I've, we've been saying that for a while and it's i haven't ebbed on that i mean yeah white or fonts kind of feel like yeah. the two picks fonts i think like i talked earlier like grossman i think he's like known to us but i think he could become a guy that could be like known nationally mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Um, typically, Egress, everyone starts uh, replying to each other. Oh, uh, These are the Egress questions? Yeah. 1976 Grizz is wondering uh, if we're going to be able to see Indiana State game on TV. Uh, ES- all on ESPN+. ESPN+, Plus? Plus streaming. Think Western Illinois quality oh, a couple years sweet. ago. We get the students. We yeah. get the, oh, you that's You might have amazing. better broadcasters, but, like, that's what it's going to be. You know, we tried last year. give you. Your feed into it because like oh that's man. what needs to happen it's just where you can have the option of picking your audio with the video that's what we need right but yeah. the, here's the shameless plug just download the varsity network app we're right. trying to sync Remember it closer we, tr- but... we, we tried to lobby last year yeah. to send us to northern colorado yeah yeah you oh, know we actually came up with a couple great solutions because <laughs> now that they've got the the espn plus channel like we should do a signing day um, like Peyton and Eli esque different. You know, <laughs> who's who? Who's so who? Well, neither. Um, <laughs> we're, we're not. We're not quite that vain. But uh, we could have a lot of fun. You know, Riley could jump in. That'd we could get Coulter to do some whiteboard stuff. You could have Schmidt call in here you, and there. You got your hand up, or yes. What you got, James? A question for you guys. Fire away. Who do you think is the best Grizz player right now? Oh, interesting. The best player. God. I go back and forth between Justin Ford and Patrick O'Connell. Um, the thing I, I, I don't know. I, I lean to Justin Ford. Um, 
But I also I recognize Patrick O'Connell is more disruptive consistently than Justin Ford is. But Justin Ford is a talent at that position we've only seen once before in Tremaine Johnson. And oh. and Whoa. not saying Patrick O'Connell is just, just another outside edge rusher, but I don't know. Interesting. You and I evaluate Justin Ford very differently. Yeah. Like, I really like Justin Ford, but I wouldn't put him in the Tremaine category. God, I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Wait, I hope he proves me wrong. <laughs> I enjoy him. Tremaine Johnson played for the Grizz, got Who? drafted in the fourth round. Fourth I think round, got a big money contract, played in the NFL for about six years. Yep. Was he that guy that played for the Raiders? Played for the Rams. Played for the Rams and then And then Jets. With the, with the got Jets. a big contract yeah. with the Jets. And then cashed in. Out of league a few years. Yeah, <laughs> like good for him, man. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I lean towards O'Connell, I think. But it's tough because there's, there's, there's some guys. You know, and I mean, offensively, assuming he's good to go, I'd say Marcus Knight. Have you guys seen him? I mean, you yeah. saw him at practice. Oh, my God. He, he looks ready. <laughs> guys, it, it's been almost 900 days since he's played. I mean, late 2019 oh was the last time we right, saw him. Right, because on the they field. held him. I got, yep. He's missed oh. almost three full years. I, I'm, I pray for good health for him, and I just yeah. hope that you know they ramp him up correctly. Because my goodness, I feel like they will because like he really was pretty healthy by the end of last year, but not like playing shape healthy. So it's like you're not running the risk of like coming back too soon. Like you are, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. <clears throat> Grizzler number one asks us if we see a freshman breaking through. I think we've. Touched on that. Rats of Butte said, uh, "Other Hold than on. What, what, what was that? Rats of Butte. Great hand asked. <laughs> other than being able to drink a beer in your seat, name one thing that would improve a Grizz home game experience the most. Examples: faster concession lines. I don't need. I don't need examples. Um, better replay. <laughs> better replay. Like, I mean, and I know there's like some complications to this, but better replay." Better replay where, like, you can see the replays or just better replay from the conference of accuracy? Um, better oh. replay where we can see the plays and okay. more ability for the conference or whoever makes these decisions to let us See, one of those things is controllable. Them. The other one isn't. Yeah. See, I was going to say, like, me as a fan, fan talk here, I'd love to see just a little bit better consistency from officiating. Um, speaking as a fan. Uh, and then... Hard to argue with that. Being able to get into the damn stadium yes, quicker than that, 45 like, minutes. So, so well, how, how early do you guys games. get it? Obviously, I don't. I mean, so I have a tailgate right across the north entrance. Okay. And up until – and it's – it's. I mean, I think it's partially the digital scan. And, I mean, workforce and, you know, people on hand. But And we talked about it a bit on the pod last year. And it's kind of a dumb thing to complain about. I recognize that. But previous years, 15 minutes before kickoff, I'd be – at the gate, through the gate, in my seat. And now it's like 30, and you're – because there's two gates and to the north. And it matters because they tell us you can't start your tailgates until two hours before, yeah. and then it's like you got to cut it off at an hour 15 to go get in line. Feels handcuffed yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's just – it's and it's – you know, maybe they'll have more people. Maybe the system will go a little bit quicker this year. I'm not holding my breath for it. But, uh, but I mean, the, and the way the stadium's designed, like, 
it's not like you could punch in a bunch more access points on the damn thing, right? I mean, well, you could in North End Zone. You could in the North. And like, so the I've only identified thing, a few spots, guys. And like, the only thing I can think of is like, you look at, <laughs> you look at like, full of good ideas when you go to FBS games or if you go to NFL games. Like those ticket gates aren't where are where you're where they're checking your tickets. That's not where. Like they're not checking your ticket as you walk into the stadium. Like your your access point is like in the road. You are back at the intersection of Campus Drive, you know, right there. And I don't know how you would control that because again, I know the UM's losing a lot of tailgate spots with the the construction in the the current parking lot. If you took Campus Drive away, it'd probably get even worse. But it's like I don't know. I feel like a heavy revamp needs to be looked at that. I don't know what the answer is. If you push those gates way out, add a whole bunch more, and then people can kind of siphon in, because it seems like the holdup is the scanning of tickets and checking of bags, and doing it right there at the entrance makes it real tough. Was last year different? Like, last year was... Dramatically right. different. Yeah. yeah. And they started, they didn't have all the concessions open most games. Like, and it, staffing hit them. Staffing. And and supply, I think. Like, they just, like... So, I mean, defense of them, like, that, the problems that everybody else was seeing, they saw too. So... Yep. Yep. All right, I do think that's it. All right, we have one previous Twitter question that we just need to acknowledge because it came from oh, Jim Messina. Jim Messina's, yeah. And if you got a blue check mark and you ask us questions, yeah, you're so good, an, yeah. essentially, if you're Chad Dundas or Jim Messina, uh, we will answer those questions. You, you get the last question on the. Pod. <laughs> you get the last there question. Like <laughs> Jim had a few, um, and his incommunicado nightmare. I like it. Uh, do we have enough offensive line help? We touched that. Is yeah. Lucas for real? I think he is. Yeah. Um, L- Lucas is for real. He, yeah. he is. Yeah. He's the he's the real deal. He's what Grizz fans have been waiting for for a while, and I'm excited to see him play. I, I hope for good health for him, but he's the real deal. I, there's no doubt. I want to see him throw Great. the deep ball consistently, and we'll just I think that that's just coming coming to the game. We'll see how that goes. And like we said, I think the fact that we're going to have a dynamic um, multiple player attack running game of experience. Yep. Respected oh, running man. players. Not saying and he's physical. This I'm just I, I excited. Think, I think it's yep. gonna. It's going to make things a lot easier. I like it. Um, are we a bit surprised O'Connell didn't get number 37? I know we're kind of not talking about this, so I'm going to say yes, and we'll we'll, we'll talk well, about this on a future You know what? Let, let me play yeah, moderator on this because yeah. the, to close it out because I know people are wanting this content, okay? And I think we're, we're <laughs> down to – let's diagnose it down to two separate things. Are you guys in the camp of you don't care what class the person yeah. is that gets it, or does this thing – do you feel needs to go back to a legacy where you're mm-hmm. going to carry it on for multiple years? Because I, I truly think that that might be more of the breaking point than any of it. What what do you want going forward? Should there be any barriers of it? Should it be legacy? Pass it on one year, one year? I'll leave it open and empty. You, you know, I, I'm mixed on that because I like the legacy, but there were a couple times where it got handed off to guys who then didn't play. And it wasn't because they weren't good, like they had injuries and it was unfortunate, but it's like, you know, I like to see it out there. But I'm just a big believer in number 37 gets picked number next number 37, yeah, and yeah. that is what it is. So I'm 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 pretty easy on that question. Yeah, I, we can we can talk about this more in a couple weeks. Yeah, so. it's tough. I mean, I, I'm like torn on it because I, I have liked that. You know, you look at like your last run of 37s with, you know, uh, with with Jason with Jesse and uh, uh, who am I missing down the oh, line? Tucker there? Shot. Uh, Tucker, and then. Um, just, I mean, it was Caleb just Kidd. continually, guys. Kidder, uh, you know, it's been in the linebacker room. Yeah, it, it has been. Well, Kidder was technically D line, wasn't he? And Sims, Kidder to Shy, D-line. Shy to Sims to Lewis. Actually, was the D line passing at the linebacker? Right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, stayed on the D line for three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. 
he had a lot more D line, and then because there was you know Featherston a little further back, and then to Trip right, uh, and then Trip was to not Wagaman. was that going to Shy? Wagman was there some Wagaman. Wags Wags in Wags. between? So Trip linebacker to D line. So I mean that was like you had this like run of like guys that were either your best or one of your very best on defense. So you saw the number thirty seven making a ton of plays, and it's not like so. I like that aspect. I also like to give it to a freshman or sophomore and see one guy for three plus years wearing it. And sometimes it's worked out well, CJ pitcher. And um, other times, I mean, sometimes it's not even been, so to say, fault of the player like Carson Bender, who, you know, had his ACL blown out intentionally by Weaver State. And then, you know, and then the next season, I think, was a senior but couldn't play. And so a year and a half, we had no 37 on the field. But. Carson was still the guy carrying the number. So, I don't know. I, I just think that – I don't know how often you guys are going to be recording this, but the next time that you record yeah, this fan pod, we should know. it will be know. decided and then yep. analysis from there. Right. I would guess our next recording is going to be week one, right? Yeah, we'll see. I, I can't imagine we're going to get Don't prom- no, promise promises you can't keep out <laughs> there, guys. Unless Jim Messina wants to actually get his ass on the show. <laughs> so, last question from Jim oh, Messina. Hang on. James is... has his hand up. Hold up. What's up, James? James? Um, well, after this question, I want one more thing. Okay. This team's schedule that is in so many of our cliffhangers, Weber State. Yeah? Okay. Their schedule. You want me to pull it up? Do his, his All right. You, you get Jim's question. His last up. question is, why do the cats still suck? Because <laughs> all's right in the world, Jim. Uh, all's right in the world. Great final question. I like it. Uh, Oh my Jim, gosh. let us know what games you're going to be in Missoula. Yeah, there you please go. do because um, we were going to have Dylan text your wife to schedule this, so you know we we need to get this done. <laughs> okay, so Weber State, Western Oregon, win, win at Utah State, loss, loss. Utah Tech, win, Dixie, mm-hmm. Davis, we're at in Utah, win. I think it's a win. No, at Davis, at Davis. Sorry, loss. That, that's a massive game. It's just just for my devil's advocate pick. Let's give him a win. I was gonna say because like if they're the yeah. team that you think maybe yep. they can be, that, yep. that's win. what might give him a win in that one. This is a tough stretch for these guys though. So check this out. So they go. Oh my goodness, is this real? So they go at Utah State, at Utah Tech. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry, they do this. this their their schedule's home. weird. So Utah Tech's there, at Davis versus Eastern. Guys, looking at this wrong. Versus Eastern in Ogden. It's four and one. Mm, yeah. Go to Portland in the Hillsboro yeah, High School Stadium. Five and one. Go to Bozeman. It's a big game. Host, so, host the Grizz. I was gonna say, let's say they're they're five and two. Then they host the Grizz. Then they turn around and they host Sack. The next week, so they they play. Well, that's a big so they go stretch. at the cats, host cats the Grizz, sack. host the sack, boom, boom, boom. Oh, sack. And sack. October twenty two, October twenty nine, November five, no break. Then they go. Then they host Idaho State. So basically, I mean, like the thing is though, they're going to be set up where if like if they were to win that three, those three. They're going to be the well, darling going yeah. Well, think about it. They also have four coin flip games. We talked about it. Coin flip games with yeah. other teams. They play at Davis, and then they've got. At the Cats, yeah. the Grizz, and Sack. If they can go two and two in those four games, they're a playoff team. Yeah, they oh, go three sure. and one, they're a seed. Yeah, for sure. So, I'm just got to pick a trendy team. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go Weber State this yeah, year. Yeah, that could be the trendy yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That's our questions. 
We got all our topics awesome. covered. I don't even know what we're at. Man, Riley, thanks for coming. Absolutely, I think guys. This this is, is... I think people enjoy this one. I think it's a good good pod for us to kick off it's, on. And... I, re- I truly enjoy jumping on with you guys. This is what it's all about. So <laughs> any t- I know we'll make it happen throughout the course of the year. All Everybody's busy, but uh, appreciate your following. Thanks to everyone for listening. That You guys make this place great. You make it a fun place to work and follow along. And you just know that every time you go to practice, you do an interview or call a game, it matters. And, that, and that's what makes this place awesome. So thanks to everyone. Thanks to you guys. Here's to a great year. Awesome. Gogers.com slash QB club. Check it out. And with that, if we if we know you, we'll see you soon. If not, uh, we'll catch you later. Go Grizz. Fight on.